So he'll join in like at 9.30, 10.30 his time because he's in Colorado. Oh, wow, cool. okay. Yeah. Dude, how cool, are man. you guys? I'm good. Same old crap. <laughs> 2021, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Feels just like 2020, 2020 part two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this shit is getting old. Oh, yeah, it's oh. kind of like okay, when are we gonna be able to, to have a normal life? <laughs> What's that? We're in this for the long haul, fellas. This is gonna be uh, yeah. normal life. Damn. Yeah, it's a little rough. Are you recording, Troy? Or you want to introduce us? <laughs> yeah, I've got some great guests on Guitar Wang tonight, twenty twenty one. I thought we'd go to the top and get the epitome of guests for the show. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. First time ever on Guitar Wank, Mr. Scott Henderson and Bruce Foreman. Yeah, baby. They're still with us. That's pretty disappointing. <laughs> For all those people that had bets on that COVID would take these guys out and myself, tough titties, it didn't happen. We're still here and we're still fighting. We're not going down, baby. Five years down, five years to go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that just sounded like a jail sentence. But, you know, five years is like 35 in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on with you, Troy? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, what has been going on with me? I'm just turning you guys up here. Um, man, what have I... What have I been doing? I've been working in Big Bear. We've obviously got cabins in Big Bear, so we're working up there a lot. We've got three cabins, so... um. We're just about got the third one finished. Everyone wants to go to Big Bear at the moment, so our cabins are renting out a lot, which I feel very appreciative and uh, grateful for that. My business is moving along. Are you having sessions in your studio? No, no, no. I'm not doing any of that. Just, um, you know, all the trailer stuff, which is great because everyone's doing it from home, so we everyone's working from... Oh, right. So you're just working remotely, and then you send them what you, you, you do. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's right. working from home, and um, I've been on a fitness craze for last well, last year now. So, and it's I guess the I, COVID has just in light and in enhanced that. Yeah, I was gonna say you look about thirty percent more handsome than usual. I'm getting big. Maybe twenty nine. Twenty nine. Let's just go with twenty nine. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm into banjo rolls at the moment. Not uh, not uh, sushi rolls. I'm into banjo rolls. That's the thing. What's a banjo roll? I'm practicing my brand banjo rolls. I'm into banjo rolls at the moment. Oh, okay. That's that's my thing. <laughs> I'm on a banjo roll kick. Um, I mm. bought a new guitar. You want to have a look? Yeah. I bought. I sold a guitar and bought a guitar. Oh, it's a telly. It's a telly. It's a crook. It's a Bill Crook telly. And, uh, oh, now where is he? He's, jeez, oh, I should know this. Um, I've heard his name. I know about him, but I don't know where he is. He's somewhere in America. Okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> brilliant. 
He's East Coast. Great guy. It's oh. funny. I talked to Bill. Bill makes all um, Brad, Brad Paisley uh, guitars for Brad. Uh-huh. So pretty much Brad Paisley plays all Bill Crook guitars. I've been wanting one to check out for a while. Is that an ash telly or some other wood? No, it's a, um, and I should know the wood too. It's some Anawanda wood or something. I got that name wrong, right. but it's crazy light. Like this thing is like less, oh, it's wow. around five pounds. Yeah. Plays unbelievable. Great pickups. He, he knocked it out of the park. I was so impressed. Cool. I didn't play it before I bought it, obviously. I just uh-huh. bought it on the internet and I talked to Bill and he used to do, um, he used to do sound for the band America. Okay. Back in the day. And I got to play with the band America many years ago with the beach boys. So, um, we kind of crossed paths. So that kind of helped me get a good deal on this. And, um, Oh, great, man. It looks cool. Uh, favorite new telly. It's, it sounds amazing. Super light. I love how light it is. Yeah, you know, my telly is not a traditional telly either. Mine's made out of alder, same as a Strat. Oh, okay. So it, it's darker. It doesn't have that piano wire tone that, like, ash tellies have. Yeah, you know, like, this, this doesn't either. It sounds yeah. – it's got great tone. It's, uh, the, I love the pickups in it. Everything about it is – I was cool. pretty blown away. So that's Very happening. Cool. Um, we've got a storm here at the moment, which is fun. Yeah, here too, man. It's raining like cats and dogs right now. Like, Have you ever seen no. it rain like cats and dogs, though? Well, not actual cats and dogs, <laughs> but the, the raindrops are big, bigger than they usually are in Southern California. Yeah, they are. So it's more like an East Coast rain. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah um... so, which means I won't be walking the dogs tonight. <laughs> no, it's welcomed. Um... <laughs> yeah, we need it. I don't know, man. At 2021, it come around so quick. Well, it come around once it was here. It come around so quick, and I don't know. Are we towards better days ahead? I don't know. Hope it's, so, man. I got my shot. You did? You know, I got one. I got to get another one in two weeks. Wow! Because you're just, a teacher. Well, no, because I'm over 65. Man, that's cool. Yeah, they just opened it up like a couple weeks ago healthcare workers and anybody over 65. So I, I, I signed up and luckily, I mean, you know, you know who told me about it? Keith Wyatt. Oh, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. And Keith, I would have never known cause it's not like they're advertising it really big that I can see, but he said, yeah, you know, just go online to this website. And I went on the website. I signed up f- about four days in advance and I went there, and what was really funny is that CNN has been saying that there's a five-hour wait at Dodger Stadium, so I packed, like, a big lunch and all kinds of snacks and drinks, <laughs> and I was, like, ready to, to have a big camp out in my car. So when I got there, I pull in, and there's, like, a whole gauntlet of, of highway cones for about a mile. Right. I just blazed right through them, and I said, well, this has got to be a good sign. But then I reached the end of a line of cars, and I – didn't really know if those tents I saw up ahead were where they're actually giving their shots or if there's another three miles up ahead of me. So I had no idea what's going on. So I asked the guy, um, the first guy I saw that walked by my car, I said, um, I only have a quarter tank of gas. Is this going to last through this wait? And he said, dude, you're two minutes from your shot. <laughs> I was like, wow. Awesome. Wow. And then the, this, and then this nurse came up, and I rolled on my window, and she shot me in the arm, and that's it. And then I had to wait there for fifteen until I looked okay, and then they let me go. 
Well, I was going to say, what was that? What is that growth on your forehead? Yes, yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to grow two heads. That's what that is. But you're healthy, so that's all that matters. Well, except for my dick fell off, but that's another story. <laughs> but that was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, congratulations. It feels like you're yeah. almost winning the lottery nowadays. Yeah, I, I feel 50% safer. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you go back for your second? Uh, March. I'm sorry, uh, February 16th. And same procedure, you got to just line up and just... Yeah, just line up. Hopefully, it'll be the same experience I had before because I was in and out of there in an hour. Did you actually so, see uh, any Dodger games while you were there? No, no, they weren't <laughs> playing while I was there. <laughs> so, that would be a win-win, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was really easy. So I was just really happy that I could get it. Wow, that's fantastic. Bruce, yeah. what are you doing? Have you got it? The, the disease or the shot? <laughs> Both. How do you get rid of it is my question. <laughs> not not, not the chlamydia, the syphilis. How do you... The, oh, oh the yeah. COVID. Uh, well, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just hoping I don't get AIDS again. That's... <laughs> but... Um, no, I, I no, I don't have the shot nor the nor the virus. I have nothing. I'm too young to get the shot, and uh, I've been just hiding out, so I haven't got the virus. So that feels pretty good saying I'm too young to get the shot. <laughs> yeah, what is that shit, man? I wish I was too. What is that? <laughs> that shit? makes me feel super old. Yeah, but it's like a double-edged sword here. Sword here. He's like too young yeah. to get the shot. You're older, so you got the shot, so that's really Yeah, but cool. I'm, old, I'm old enough to get killed by the virus, but I'm too young to get the shot. That's, like, not <laughs> a good place to be. You know? I figure I'm just a fucking idiot at this point. I'm at uh, that idiot stage, you know, in my uh, life. You know, it I mean, it's, it's a good place to be because if you get the disease, you won't even know, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man. That's, yeah. that's it, good to know. Well, I'm glad uh, you got the shot, and I've, I'm glad you guys are safe. Yeah, I'm signed up for it. I'm, 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 I'm always being safe, you know, with the stuff and wearing my mask and hardly ever go out. You know, I mean, it's just the thing we're doing now, you know. But it's Hopefully. easy. It's easy to forget shit, right? Like if you touch something, you you've been out and you're like, oh shit, I didn't wash my hands, but I I scratched my ass and I scratched my nose or something. It's easy, and then you panic a little bit if you get a sniffle or a, a sore throat. You're like, oh fuck, I got it. God, you might be Jewish. You just don't know it. <laughs> I had a few days where I was like, oh, shit, I think I feel something coming on. And I talked myself into it. I'm like, oh, shit, this is it. We'll be doing the guitar, the the mem memorial guitar wank episode for Troy. Right, right. <laughs> we, we got enough guitar mugs. We got mugs to bury you in, you know. <laughs> we'll just cut you up into little pieces. You there know? you go. If oh, I no. go first... We're fucked because no one's yeah, going right, to be able no to do this show. No one will know because neither Scott nor I can run this show. You know what I mean? So you may, you're going to have to call Josh. Call Josh Smith. He'll come in and do it for us. Well, speaking <laughs> of which, we can call Josh Smith whenever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to do that tonight, too. I did an interview with Josh on, on his show. It was, that was fun. fun, didn't it? Had a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Oh, it was really so cool. hold it. Yeah. So it's more fun than this show. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> It was fun. Well, it was sort of a not fun. 
more of an interview. You know, Josh just asks you questions, but he has some questions that he asks everybody that are kind of funny, you know. <laughs> so he asks you like stuff like, okay, if you have to choose between a good amp or a good guitar, what would you choose? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Hey, you know, we should, because we're going to call him tonight, we should ask him those same questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should turn the tables on him. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> So Josh just got an Ibanez endorsement, I think. I yeah, saw that, yeah. yeah. And he's playing Ibanez because Ibanez is kind of up their game, and I guess they're making guitars that are a little bit more traditional and what, like, you know, vintage guitar lovers would want more. Too bad they couldn't do that 25 years ago when I was with them. <laughs> I was with them, let me uh, think, when they made my guitar. They made my guitar, oh, shit, 40 years ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. Mine... Mine was about 30 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And I remember they made this guitar that was kind of like a Strat. I mean, it was it was a Strat, basically. The body was a little bit smaller, but it had Seymour Duncan pickups. It had a Trev, Trev Wilkinson bridge. And it actually wasn't a bad guitar. I kind of liked it. But then they said they want to make the Scott Henderson model. But sorry, that was going to be their pickups, and it was going to be a a Floyd Rose bridge. And I was like, I'm out of here. Bye. So and it never went it. to production. There's no Scott nah, Henderson no, models. I bailed and I went to Fender and, and that's how I met John. Cause John was working at Fender. Oh, okay. And he made me my first guitar, which was actually a Fender Strat. Wow. And that was like, I played that for years and years. And then, and then he started his own company and then I went with him. Did are you still got that Strat? No, I sold it. Um, I sold it a long time ago uh, because John's guitars were better. I right. just liked his guitars better. So yours uh, never went to production, but Bruce's, did yours go to production? Okay, mine, a big story here. Um, <laughs> this, this is going to bore the shit out of you. I'm going to go um, get something to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can go get your next shot. <laughs> uh <laughs> No, uh, I invented my model when I was over there in Nagoya in the late 70s. Um, and uh, it was basically a uh, an L5 with a haircut. You know, I mean, it was like you take an inch off here, a little bit off here, but keep, you know, the scale length here and, you know, use this kind of wood, blah, blah, blah. And they did make mine and they made... Uh, I've even got this on my on my desk because I found this when I was cleaning out my storage shed. He said we made six guitars just like your guitar, but we're in in the in the um, domestic market, Japan. But what happened was was this guy after this. This was of course sent to me in like 1980 or something. Um, he moved on to become the builder at Epiphone. The, 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 you know, the guy who oversaw production at Epiphone. And, and when I had gone over originally to Japan and was in Nagoya, they showed me the Joe Pass model that they were just making for Joe. And uh, I looked at it. I didn't really like that guitar very much. I don't think Joe did either. And um, <laughs> no, I mean, Joe didn't play you it. You know, has got one of those. Yeah. And, uh, and no, no, you you were talking about the Ibanez Joe Pass? Yeah. Uh, oh no, he's got the Ibanez George Benson. Okay, okay. Oh, so right. the 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 Ibanez Joe Pass, 
anyway, so I'm talking to him. I give him my specs, blah, blah, blah. They say, oh, this sounds great. You know, and this guy named Fritz, he made it. And then, um, and you know, they sold a few and they gave me mine. And I, I played it for 20 years. I mean, it's a great guitar. I've still got it in my, wow. you know, I've still got it. And um, then the Joe Pass Epiphone comes out. And it, and it looks remarkably, remarkably similar to mine. And I saw Joe Pass's Epiphone, I mean, uh, Ibanez, and it had like a maple top and it had the pickup like in the middle between the bridge and the neck, you know what I mean? That kind of space there. And it only had one pickup, uh, had a short scale neck, blah, blah, blah. And the... Um, Epiphone had two pickups, had a maple top. I mean, it had a spruce top, you know, and da 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 da. Had, you know, and it like, I think the scale length was more like a Les Paul. Mine was longer, but I saw Fritz later um, at a NAM show. Speaking of which, we're missing NAM right now. Oh, uh, shit. I went because the parking was amazing. I know parking was really good this year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was like first in line. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, I really, you know, I couldn't believe it myself. And, um, and I saw Fritz. I said, man, you know, this Epiphone, Joe Pass, it looks a lot like the Bruce Foreman model that we made. And he said, oh, yeah. He says, I used your model. It was much better than the Joe Pass. <laughs> so actually the Joe Pass Epiphone, which is, of course, sold around the world, and Joe Pass has probably made a number of paychecks from was really my design. Wow. That's the truth. And Fritz will admit to it. And I mean, That's I can't really it. own it. All I did was say like, you know, I like this. I want 16 instead of 17 inch. I want it like two and three quarters instead of, or, you know, instead of three and a half inches deep, I want two pickups. I want maple and blah, blah, blah. And around cutaway and that's what whatever. And, you know, I mean, and that's, he really <laughs> liked that my guitar made a bunch made a few more there and then when when he moved to epiphone joe probably didn't give a shit one way or the other and so they made that and so i kind of another thing that no one will ever know about me like my playing and everything else you know <laughs> you know what i you know what amazes me i mean since we're still talking about guitar companies it's amazing to me that a company who's as big as Ibanez, it took them this long to realize that guitar players are aware that vintage guitars sound better. It took them 20 years. I mean, you know, when that when the metal period kind of ended in the 80s, like the late 80s and the 90s came and everybody started wanting to have the vintage sound. And here it is. 20 years later and now they're finally getting it yeah, but that people want to have good vintage sounding but guitar i guess they've had they've had a ton of artists like saturani vi but those guys don't get vintage tones no not at all none of them do like there's so many um who's the dream theater guy he's open as too right yeah but it's all those guys that get that real kind of metal kind of tone yeah tone yep. but they never had I would probably say that maybe the first guy they got who who wants like a fat vintage sound would be Andy, Andy Timmons. 
Oh, he was with Ibanez, was he? He is with Ibanez. Oh, he is. And he's playing one of those new, you know, kind of vintagey Ibanez guitars. Oh, wow. And so is Josh. Only, only Andy's playing a, a Strat with the humbucker in the treble position. Right. And Josh is playing a Tele. But, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, how can a company that big and that famous how can it take them 20 years to finally realize that people want good sounding solid body <laughs> instruments? <laughs> I just find it amazing. To there's me. there's a number of ways people can take that comment. What's that? I good said, sounding solid body instruments. That sounds like an interesting, just what a concept. It sounds like a name of a band, you know, yeah, like what, what kind of concept can that be? Like I've got a solid body guitar and I want it to sound good. You know, it's almost like an oxymoron in a certain way. Yeah, what, like, well, I don't get it. I'd be curious to talk to Josh about his new tally and the procedure. Should we, should we give him a call and, and get him on? Let's talk to him about it. Yeah. When, when do we have Scott? Uh, go, uh, go. 9.30, so half an hour from oh, now. So let's, so let's, let's, let's call Josh. Josh, see what he's got going here. Uh, send him a link. By the way, we, we, I mean, does everybody know that we had our fifth birthday and we're in our sixth year now? Or have we said anything about that? Oh, let's say something about it now. You said it. Well, you know, I'm just making sure we've said it. You know, I mean, after all this year, I, I know when I started this thing, I, I, I thought that by now I'd be like, you know, rolling in the dough and, uh, getting a bunch of endorsements from instrument companies, not posting every day on in internet, getting trolled by Bill Frizzell, but you know what I mean? You got trolled by Bill Frizzell? Yeah. He trolls me now. He yeah. does. Yeah. That'll teach him. Yeah. What do you mean trolls you? What does he do? Well, every day he, po he either comments or he always likes or, or dislikes whatever my post is, but he often comments. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Does he say good stuff or bad stuff? Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell because he's not the most communicative person. Oh, here, comes, you know? here comes Josh. Uh-huh. Yo. Yo, dude. So you're in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. What you okay, <laughs> what, what did you do? Did you get arrested or did you not pay a parking ticket? What happened, man? Yeah. I've just been walking around looking at people without masks on. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they any prettier without the masks than they are with it over there? Well, I don't know. I just, yeah. there's definitely less masks here. Are you a little scared there, Josh? <laughs> Yeah, slightly. Not scared, but you know, yeah, it's like, like in the back of your mind, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a culture shock leaving LA, and it's like, wait, you can go sit in a restaurant. I can go, like, and people are just doing, acting like life goes on, and it's it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Wow. It looks like you're you in a restaurant right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Or is that just your, like, your headboard, you know? That's the headboard of my fancy boutique hotel. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome, cool, man. man. That looks familiar. I think I've been to that hotel. Oh, oh yeah? Good. It's the Bobby Hotel in Nashville. Man. So what, what are you doing there? Are you doing sessions? Uh, I'm producing a record. Joe Bonamassa and I are producing a record for uh, the singer Jimmy Hall, old school, legendary Southern rock singer from Wet oh, Willie. Nice. Dude, I gotta, I gotta say one happy new year. Congratulations on the new tally. We we're just talking about it. It looks amazing. 
Thank you. Ibanez, Ibanez. I had my first Ibanez Strat. I had a Blazer, a Blazer Strat. It was amazing. It sounded more like a Strat than a Strat did, if that's possible. <laughs> Dude, I got to ask you, Eric Gales, how did that all? How did that album go? How was that working with Eric? Because he's he's a monster. He's ridiculous, right? Yeah, he's he's um, he's amazing. Uh, it went really good. It was it was um, hard hard one. Joe and I put a ton of effort into it. Wrote a lot of songs. Worked really hard to kind of pull, you know, because the guitar playing was a given. So we really wanted to focus on let's get the best songs he's ever had on record, the best tones, the best production nice. he's ever had. So I mean, we we put a lot of effort in. I, I'm proud of it. I think I think it's easily the best thing he's ever done. I'm I'm excited for people to it, hear it. Is it is it out? No, no, it's going to come out in in the middle of the year this year. Oh, I'm super excited. I'm such an Eric Giles fan, man. He's friggin' awesome, and just a you guys producing him, it just sounds like a, a really amazing match. It was fun, you know, because um, I think he spent a lot of time with with guitar with producers who just you know hear him play and go, "That was great, move on." And you know, you guys know we're not like that. When we talk to each other, we know if you could play it better than that, or if that wasn't happening, or you know, whatever. So, you know, it was, it was more just like he trusted us and we were pushing him to get the best. Did you, we could. you recorded at your studio? No, we recorded that also here in Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. did he have his own band? Did you just have a bunch of session cats? No, it was session cats. It was uh, half guys from LA, my guys, and then half guys from here. Wow. Oh man. That's super exciting. Can't wait. Cannot wait. So Josh, tell us about that telly. What's it? Is it a is it a regular telly made out of ash or is it a different wood? Yeah, it's ash. Um, it's got a roasted maple neck and a roasted fretboard. Cool. Um, has some new pickups that I worked on with Seymour Duncan. And yeah, I mean, I think I could probably state it's the most vintage Ibanez since their lawsuit models back in the seventies. <laughs> it's definitely the only Ibanez with vintage tuners with 21 frets, uh, with no body contours of any kind, no regular neck heel, all that type of stuff. Right, right, right. Cool. Yeah. How long did you work with Ibanez to come up with this tally, mate? Well, the process actually started like almost two years ago. And it was a lot of back and forth. And then, you know, there were pauses here and there where I wasn't sure what we were going to do and if they were going to let me do everything I wanted to do. And then when it became clear that they were open to like letting me really do it the way I wanted without any compromise. Uh, yeah, that was probably like a year ago when it started to, to get really more serious and the drawings happened and the, they'd send me a prototype that was bare wood and then we'd go to Seymour Duncan and do pickups and this and that. And uh, yeah, it was actually a really fun process mostly because I was, I was just really thrilled. They let me kind of take the reins, which was cool. How many guitars back and forth, like full playing guitars? Three. Three, yeah, wow. three prototypes. Right. Um, but actually, the one I'm playing now is uh, off the line. I like it better than the, the custom prototype ones. Uh, it's, it's the best one I have is like the final one. Wow. And Seymour Duncan, what were the pickups? What, was, what were you going for with the pickups? 
Well, we we took my Chapin, which is the telly I've been playing the last fifteen years, down to to Seymour in in Santa Barbara, and just kind of checked out. We didn't tear them apart or anything, but we just checked out what was going on. And I knew a little bit about it because Bill, who built that guitar, wound those pickups, so uh, I knew the neck, you know, was a pretty straight ahead traditional telly pickup, just slightly hotter. Um, we kind of matched that. Then the bridge pickup is kind of a special thing. It's half Alnico two and half Alnico four which is kind of like actually more like a PAF magnet. Um, and it's just, it's a flat pole, but it's just a really dynamic bridge pickup. And they, they nailed that. And I mean, Ivan has even let me go as far as we had like a hi-fi cap in my Chapin for the tone knob. We matched that. Uh, we matched the curve of my pots and the values, like everything about it. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, um, who was who's the guy at Ibanez now that is in the states? The the guy that like represents artists and works with the artists. Mike Origo. Okay, I never met him. Um, how long do you think he's been with the company? Long time. About fifteen twenty years, I think. Oh, long time. Yeah, because I used to work with Bill when I was with Ibanez, but I, I, nah, I for some reason I can't remember his last name. But he he left Ibanez a long time ago, but. Um, yeah, so the guy that you're working with, he's been there a long time. He knows the ropes. Oh yeah, he's been the yeah. guy through like most of the Steve Vai and Satch uh -huh. and, and all that, all the days. And he actually, um, the guy who approached me was this guy Rocky, who has since now moved from the L.A. Custom Shop to their Hoshino headquarters in Philly because he was the guy who started the AZ line, which I guess uh -huh. is really responsible for what why they're doing my guitar. Right. They the AZ line a couple years ago, and they actually like were a big success. And I don't think they quite expected them to do as well as they did. And that's what made them think, well, what should we do next? You know, and that's what that's, got them. That's the AZ line. That's the guitars that, that um, Andy Timmons is playing and guys like that. Yeah, Tom Quayle, Martin Miller. Right. More, more like a high-end strat style guitar right, exactly like what you know what the other companies that are doing like sir and yeah, yeah roasted fretboards stainless steel frets for people who want that you know high right. high quality materials way yeah. more high end yeah, yeah. cool man listen i'm telling you guys that i gotta eat in front of you so sorry <laughs> of course Josh, so what's retail, man? What what do we? How do we get a, a Josh Smith? Eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars. Crikey. Eight thousand dollars. Yeah. No, it's twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty four ninety nine. Wow, that's great. That's and it's on. Standard. Yeah, yeah. It's already on Sweetwater for pre order and and like Andertons and all the sites. Now, have you signed every individual guitar? <laughs> no, no. And it's funny. Both Norms and Cliff at LA Vintage were like. Hey, if we if we carry them in the stores, will you come sign them all? And Ibanez was like, "Well, you can't like really advertise that because then Sweetwater will be like, why would anybody buy it from us if <laughs> right. we get order from them and you sign them all?' You know, so yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do, Josh. I'm going to so what buy you're going to do is get me to sign them all, and that way no one will buy them from anybody but Sweetwater. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll buy one and then I'll photocopy your signature off the guitar wank guitar we have here and put it on that, and then. Nice. And then I'll nice. make money there. That'll be great. Bruce, you even used to play Ibanez, didn't you? I I was an Ibanez endorser for like twenty years. Uh, there's a Bruce Foreman model, which we were just telling the story of about how it became the Joe Pass Epiphone model years That's later. Remember, and yeah. Scott too, nearly right. Well, how how much is twenty twenty five hundred divided by ten? 
<laughs> that's 250 hookers in my neighborhood i can afford that <laughs> oh man <laughs> so what else has been happening josh has the you got a youtube channel going right yeah i don't even think i'd started that when we talked at the Last beginning time. of the pandemic uh it's been interesting I interviewed both of these they, gentlemen. They told me. I so I got a question for you. So if you're on a desert island, you got one amp and one guitar to choose. What do you choose? You can you pick, the good guitar, or good amp. Good guitar, good amp. Oh, well, on a desert <laughs> island, they have electricity. Yeah, yeah, you have electricity. <laughs> uh, I'd take the good amp. I'm I'm the amp guy for it sure. Could. I'd rather have the good amp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I really enjoyed our interview. It was fun, man. Dude, people really enjoyed both of your guys' interviews. You know, it's been more, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're Everyone, everyone's surprised with that comment right there. What? They did? <laughs> <laughs> no one heard mine. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I get, you know, it's funny. They all get legs at different times. Like uh, some won't catch on right away. And then all of a sudden, because I put one out every Friday. So it's like, you know, I'm sure you guys see this too on, on how many downloads of the podcast. I can't tell exactly which ones are going to hit and which ones aren't, but they all start to even out eventually. Well, where do we send the Guitar Wank listeners just to your channel? Where yeah, you could just, it's youtube.com slash Josh Smith Guitar. Yep. Uh, and I started uploading them now as podcasts too, the interviews for people oh, who want to get them. Yeah. Oh, our listeners will go there and check it out and. They'll be like, wow, Scott and Bruce are so much more interesting on Josh's channel. <laughs> well, you know, like, figure it out, Troy. That's because we've got somebody to answer, ask a decent question. Oh, I, set, I set that up you, really bitch? well. <laughs> I, think, I just think it's funny in Scott's interview, all the comments are like, wait, what, what did he say about chicory? <laughs> 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 yeah, I saw that. It's like it's like I didn't really tell the full story. I just gave little hints, you know. Here and there. It makes people wonder what the fuck is going on with those people. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. How long are you in Nashville for? I'm here for two more days. I come home on Sunday. You've been out uh, there for how long? Just till Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we today was our last day of tracking with the rhythm section. We got like two days of vocals and backgrounds and things like that, and then I'll be back. Yeah, so. are, you, are you guys recording to uh, just to Pro Tools and stuff like that? Yep. Normal Pro Tools. We're at Ocean Way. Oh wow. Uh, their, their B room. Yeah. Uh, it's Ocean Way here is nice. Uh, we've done a few records here in the last couple of years. I like it. Is it the same company as Ocean Way in L.A.? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same people. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know they had one. And in, in, is the one in L.A. still open? Ocean Way? Well, it's called, what's it called now? Um, it is, but it's called something else. I can't okay, remember. Yeah, we did a record there one time. Tribal Tech did a record at Ocean Way one time. That was Alan Sides, right? Yeah, Alan Sides owned both of them. Now I think they're separate owners. You know, I, think here, I think it's owned by Belmont College here in Nashville. Oh, wow. now. We, were, we were doing a Tribal Tech session at Ocean Way, and Al Alan Sides wasn't really the engineer for the session, but he just kind of wanted to be there just mm -hmm. to hang. So he put one of those microphones on my amp that looks like one of those big shaving razors. I forget what it, it's like a 
rectangular black thing. Oh yeah, I know the four forty one. Yeah, I thought it sounded like garbage. Yeah. So I said to Alan, I said, um, "Mr. Sides, would would you mind if I put a fifty seven on on my guitar?" And he walked out of the room, and he never came back. <laughs> Fuck that motherfucker and his fucking bullshit microphone. It's funny. I I I got Joe to finally this time. He hates 57s too, Bonamassa. So this time I brought all my Unidines, my old 57s mm-hmm. from my studio. I just brought a bag full and I just didn't let him even see. I just mic'd up all the guitar amps with the 50s with mine. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, yeah, that's my 57. He's like, oh, that that's the best 57. I, I need to get some of those. That, <laughs> that mic sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So you guys recorded just all live, was it? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's all live, um, except for the vocals, of course. But right. it, it was me. Uh, it's a kind of rough and rough and ready bar band type record. Jimmy's a nice. real like barroom preacher. He's a great sing, just a great singer. And so it's just uh, Joe and I on guitar, Michael Rhodes on bass, and Greg Moore on drums. The two like t- they're like the Nashville legend rhythm section. Yep, yep. And um, uh, Reese Winans on keys, and that's it. Wow, yeah. man. So it's Josh. You're doing a lot of this producing kind of stuff. You enjoying that? That's that side of it. I love it. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I find everyone I do teaches me a, a whole lot about you know just. I mean a lot. It makes me a better musician. Makes me a better listener. Makes me better at dealing with other other you know types of personalities and. And I enjoy the process of not obviously just the being creative part, but like trying to help somebody achieve what they want to achieve and make it maybe better than they ever thought it could be. That's a fun process, you know. That's awesome. Is there more on the on the schedule for this coming year? Yeah, yeah. Joe and I have a good. We've been doing quite a bit together, the two of us as, as like co-producers. So him and I have a few other projects this year, and I have a couple other on my own at my studio as well. It sounds like uh, you yeah. guys are a good team. You know, when I think of producers, sometimes I'm reminded of this story. There was a guy. I'm not going to mention his name, but <laughs> there's a guy that that I know, a friend of mine, and he wanted to come to L.A. and do a record, so he hired a producer. And now I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the musical director for George Benson for many years. So this guy was like a, an excellent producer. And mm. first thing he did when he saw my friend's charts, and he, the guy had sent him a tape of the music. And the first thing he did was said, oh, we don't need this page. So he just rips it out, throws it on the floor. We don't need this, rips it out, throws it on the floor. My friend's going, my music, my music. Guys, just ripping pages out of his charts and throwing them away. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, there's the number one job of the producer: get rid of anything you don't need. <laughs> there is some of that. There's definitely some of that. You know, the hey, this is superfluous. You know, let's yeah, let's right. lose it. Yeah, right. yeah. You, that's you guys, what I need you guys for. You guys produce my next re- record. You'll be ripping tons of shit out of the book. So <laughs> throwing so, it on the floor. Josh, you guys are cutting the fat, right? Just trimming the fat everywhere it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole, you know, it's yeah, trimming the fat, making sure the whole project as as a whole is cohesive. You know, it's it's okay to have a record that does a lot of different things or styles, but not at the expense of like having a full statement for the record, you know, and things like that. Um, and yeah, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't measure up. Yep. You know, it's so we'll always go in with extra tunes. 
and weed out the ones you you kind of get a feel for. Nope, this doesn't make the cut, you know. And and uh, yeah, you're just trying to make the best best project you can, and also achieve what what the artist has stated as the goal for for themselves, you know. Is it under under what record label are these coming out under? They've all been different. Um, some on Joe's label, uh, right. some on Mascot Pro Vogue. Like Eric Gales is on Mascot Pro Vogue. Um, yeah. Or some other just like the ones I've been doing on my own are mostly self, you know, people releasing them themselves, stuff like that. Man, I'm excited about Eric Gales, man. That's going to be fantastic. I'm, that's going to be I huge. Think, I think people are going to be uh, very happy when they hear it. I think it's really good. Like, you know, I, I think we hit the mark. Awesome. I think that's great, too, because those artists, I mean, of course, they're fully developed in their own right, but you know they're going to learn a lot of shit they didn't know from working with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the best part about working with people outside. It's like even when I'm doing my own record and working with producers to help me or something like right. that. It's like they're going to give me an idea that I just would not have thought of. Right. You no, know? and it, it's yeah. If you're open to it you can end up with a much better project. You, yeah, know? you know, when Mike Landau mixed my record well to the bone, yeah. he wasn't really hired as a producer. He was just hired as the engineer, but the guy had so much more to give than just being the engineer. And I learned so much from him, like ideas where to put stuff in the mix, ideas where to, where to pan things left and right. He just was so full of great information. I learned so much working with him just on that one record. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those it, experiences are great. I've always, I mean, I've always taken that approach when I've done sessions, even when I first moved to LA and started doing sessions. I was always so interested in, like, yeah, Mike was one of those guys. Like, I remember going to a session with Mike when I was first trying to figure out how to be a session guitar player at all. And he let me tag along, you know, mm -hmm. and just trying to understand why he would make these choices why he would bring the gear he did and leave certain things out of other people's hands because right. he was so certain that this is how it should be, you know, right. cause he was, he'd done it long enough and he knew, you know, and yeah, I'm always trying to kind of take, take advantage of those opportunities and learn whatever you can from whoever I was but always I, asking questions. Me, why'd you pick that mic? You know, why'd you, why'd you Mike, why'd you do this? Whatever. I, you know? yeah. And he told me the same thing when I asked him, how the hell did you learn all this stuff? And he says, well, I've done so many sessions yeah. and I just watch the producers and watch what they do and the decisions they make, you know, and talk about a guy that's had so much experience in the studio. Like, wow, he knows just about everything there is to know by now. Yeah. Incredible. Well, same like, you know, before, before I built my studio, I was, I knew Pro Tools enough to record guitar when somebody would send me a track. You know what I mean? But that was it. Like I could, I couldn't mic a drum set myself and get the sound I wanted. And I certainly couldn't edit Pro Tools sessions and comp vocals and all that. So that's all been like a learning process over the last five, six years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm constantly just like, that's one of the things I love about hanging with Alan so much. It's like, it, I can ask Alan a question and give me an answer. I learned so much really fast, you know, like, Why'd you just change the EQ like that? Oh, okay. This is why. And this is why. Who's, who's Alan? Alan Hurts? Hurts. Yeah. Alan yeah. Hurts is the fucking guy, isn't he? Well, whenever he's at my place, I'm just, I'm just staring over his shoulder all the time. Yeah, me like, too. I've learned a lot, but I haven't learned enough. I haven't learned as much as you have, because I still wouldn't know the first fucking thing about miking up a drum kit. You well, know? yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have five years ago, you know, but now yeah. I'm comfortable 
no problem to, to, to run a session by myself. Yeah. You know, but you're hanging with Alan all the time. I mean, Alan's like your neighbor. Well, yeah. yeah. And whenever I'm producing, I try to hire him. If, it, if it's a session where I need to be more, I can't do everything. If I'm playing guitar and producing and writing the charts and talking to the band, I can't also be running Pro Tools and right. making sure nothing breaks and all. You know what I mean? So I'll have Alan there. It's worth it to me to pay him to be there. So I can concentrate on the rest of the, the side of it, you know. He's amazing. But I'm always learning. Yeah, he's That's such an amazing musician. I mean, not only a badass drummer, but his ears. I just the way he hears stuff. It's like before I can even say anything, he's on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hears. If I hear a problem, he's already fixing it by the time I decide to tell him about it. Yeah, exactly. Fixing, man, yeah. the guy's amazing. Yeah, and you are too, man, because your sounds. I mean. From what I've heard on your records and stuff, they sound fucking primo, man. They just sound great. Thanks, man. Great I own great everything, man. Great. Well, you, know, you know how we are. I mean, we're obsessive about that stuff. You know, <laughs> so it's like it's like I, it can always be a little bit better, you know, or I can know a different way to do it or easier way to to get that that, you know, result that didn't take as many steps or whatever. It's yeah. like it's all hey, streamlined. So I'm curious, like you and Bonamassa and Eric Gales, what amps were you using on that session? Like, yeah, well, I played rhythm on the whole record. Uh, I used only a Princeton reverb for the whole record. Um, I don't take a solo on the entire thing. Uh, Joe played on one. Well, Joe played rhythm on a number of things. Right. Um, through actually through a Selmer, oh, a little wow. Selmer amp. Yep. Yeah. And he took, there's one song where Joe and Eric trade and Joe played through, I think his, a Tweed Twin, which is like his main amp these days. And Eric played through a Tweed Twin and a Dumble. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. Well, you know what? That's what the thing about, I mean, you make records with Joe, you have access to <laughs> everything, whatever gear you could possibly want. What doesn't you know? that guy have, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! It's actually yeah. today. Today we were laying down. A, a tr we were finishing up a track today, and it ended. And the guys started to get up from their seats, and I was like, "Man, I hit the talk back button." I said, "Anybody uh, have a friend we could borrow a electric twelve string from?" And everybody <laughs> laughed. Like Joe probably has seven in his house. He was like, "Yeah, of course I have one." You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but Joe God. lives out here, right? He doesn't live in. Nashville. Well, he does. He has a place here, and uh, oh, okay. you know, while while it's thirty percent loaded as much as Nerdville West, uh, right. Nerdville, Nerdville South is pretty fucking loaded. Oh as well. God, man! <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, man, I'm. We're really excited, and we're gonna we're gonna have you on again closer to when Eric Gale's album comes out, and anything else you're doing. Um, your new True Fire course too. I saw that. Yeah, I got a few new ones with them. Actually, I went down there not too long ago, and it was like, yeah, now it's just empty. It's you and one person. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they're all kick-ass, man. We, I really love what you do and stuff, and, and awesome. Congrats, man, on the new guitar. And yeah, man. Yeah. Congratulations, Josh. It's always great to see you, man. Likewise, guys. Likewise. Great Real to pleasure, see you. man. Real Thanks, pleasure. Josh. Have safe travels, man. I, I will. Hey, if you have a day off there, go down and see Rock City in Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's. 
<laughs> awesome, man. Okay, Josh. Good Thanks, to see Josh. you, guys. Good to see you guys. I'll see you Good when I. All right, guys. Be Later. safe, mate. All right. <laughs> I like Josh's great. Oh my man. god, that guy's such an asshole, isn't he? Yeah, what a jerk. Ah, <laughs> uh, Josh is kicking ass. Fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah, man. You know, he and Kinsey are they have that in common. They're always working on somebody's project. Wow. Always. Yeah. But all ever since March and the lockdown happened, I can't call Kinsey unless he's working on somebody's album. You know, because that's what people hire him to do, to produce their records. And some of these people you've heard of, some of these people, they're kind of like vanity projects. They just want to do a record and they have the money, but they're not like extreme talents or anything. They're just people that, you know, I want to make a record and, and I want to sing on it and blah, blah, blah. And Ken, and they give Kinsey like a bunch of music and he has to arrange it and yep. do all the stuff and fix it all up and produce the whole thing. And he's always involved with something like that. Wow. So that's... that's how he's making money while this is happening. Yeah, I know a lot of guys who who have those those talents, the producing and the engineering and all that. They're busy, you know man, called? right now with everyone, yeah. songwriters and all that kind of stuff, producing You know stuff? who called me to produce their record? What's that? You know who called me to produce their record? Um, Nobody. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> why not i'm so popular <laughs> i'm 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 sure you know what i've been listening to scott henderson and i really want that scott henderson fusion sound on my album <laughs> i'm gonna call him <laughs> you know what lady gaga might man you never know oh, yeah. i'm expecting a call from her any day now <laughs> she might want to go you know what i'm going in a new direction I'm going to call Scott. Hey, I thought she killed the national anthem at the inauguration. Oh, she was, Didn't she? Yeah, she was badass. She's she was great, badass. man. I love her so much. She's she's, she's a awesome, talent, man. To walk really? out there and deliver that that performance like that under those conditions, I mean, That's insanely good, man. Right? You've got to you got to walk out there with some swagger, right? And she did. Yeah, she was great. I really liked her performance. It was I liked the arrangement too. It was really yeah. nice. Yeah. So that was actually there was a lot of good performances on that whole night that I thought that I saw. Not as good as Trump's, but you know, <laughs> hey. he, had, he had some horrible. Bands. He had Ted Nugent and Kid Rock, and um, some shitty band, Three Eleven. No, not Three Eleven. Some other band. I forget what they were. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. Yeah, but <laughs> I have to say that Ted Nugent isn't one of the greatest musicians of all time. But you know, I gotta I gotta give Ted props. He did do at Nam one year, um, impersonating slide playing without using a slide, and you would close your eyes and swear that he was using a slide. It was oh, pretty well, that, impressive. Something that Ted can do. Yeah, that was good. But everything else coming out of him was just shite. And oh my god, the mouth. You sure that wasn't me? <laughs> And he can shoot, so yeah, he can that. shoot too. The motherfucker. <laughs> oh man! Well, so, this, this is like um, this is like the night show that we've uh, Colbert. We've got guests on tonight that we call in. Right. 
but with no monologue. <laughs> we got no budget. Well, we got Kinsey coming up in like three minutes. So, so let's I told, get him. I told him to pop in in three minutes. Well, how do I invite him? I invited him. I sent him the link. Oh, okay, cool. So I guess he's just going to pop in. And if he doesn't, I'll just give him a call. All right. And then we've got uh, Lyle Workman to pop in. Great. Lyle's yeah. uh, Lyle's got a new album coming out and he's been kicking ass too. Wow. All these people doing cool stuff in this. Cool, man. And we aren't. <laughs> I wrote like three bars of music. There you go. But I threw it away. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We don't need three bars of music in the world. <laughs> we don't need three more bars of music in the world. Well, Bruce, you've been in, you've been your like everyday Instagram. How many are you up to? Uh, today was 250. God, <laughs> haven't you got something else to okay, do? What, what it is, is first course of the day, right? Right. And I get up and I turn my phone on and I, I decide what tune it's going to be. And like, I got to plan it out because it's got to fit in a minute. Because Instagram has those rules. Yeah. And then I just kind of play a course of a tune and I uh, put it up on Instagram. I love it. That's awesome. And you know, I mean, I'm sure that because of my advanced age, I've doubled a few tunes a couple times. You know, <laughs> like I didn't remember I did that tune, so I do it again. But I'm sure it's different because I didn't remember how I did it. So, and, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that the people who were watching don't even give a shit one way or the other because they probably can't remember. So, um, it's been great. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've built up my following or kept the community intact. It's been, it's a challenge, you know, imagine just everything in the morning, think of a tune, you know, think of how you want to approach it. You know what I mean? Arrange it so that it fits in a minute. You know, you state what tune it is. You make something happen, you end it, you know, it's all the things that music is about, you know, and then uh, it gives me an opportunity to feel like I'm doing kind of a gig starts the day off on the right track. And, um, and, uh, you know, like I say, I mean, it's kind of a lot of people have come out of the woodwork and they've started to really respond to it. So I can't stop now. And tomorrow, of course, this will be aired long after that. But tomorrow will, of course, be 251 or 251. Two, so I have to play a song with a lot of 251s. Uh, <laughs> Man, 200. You've surpassed Guitar Wank episodes. Really? Yeah, well, we're 236. Oh, I guess I have. Yes, I have. But you see, I do it every day. Wow. Oh, Scott. Scott Kinsey's coming in. Here we go. Here we go. Whoa. There's Scott Kinsey. Crikey. He kind of looks like Santa. (laughs) Is that Santa? I don't think he's there yet. I I think he knows we can see him. Are you there? (laughs) This is this is great. You know, dead time. (laughs) He's connecting to audio. It says, "Can't hear a goddamn thing he's saying." (laughs) Connecting to audio. Can you hear us? Here we go. Now I can hear you. There's there they are. It's the newlywed game. <laughs> That's my favorite game. What, what's up, Mayor? Nothing much. I got a new sweater. Yeah, she's sporting it. 
It's kind of wow. my very fashionable. You look kind of like a zebra. Yeah. She looks zebra esque. It's like, it's like, whoa. Yeah. All right, Scott, welcome. Con Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. Where, where are you, sir? I am in Fort Collins, Colorado right Why? now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, because this is where uh, we're he loves me. <laughs> well, that. This is her. We're staying at her family home. So, um, you know. Uh, Who is her? This is, this is Meredith. Meredith. This is Meredith. Troy, Paul. pleasure. That's nice Troy. Troy. That's a great name. And that's Bruce. And Bruce. And you know that derelict well, over there. Who's that? No. That that guy. I don't know. He's finishes finishing his dinner. He looks you know. Really Hugh Hefner. It's Hugh Hefner. Oh, it's Hugh Hefner. I didn't okay. recognize. That's Hugh Hefner. I knew there was a pimp over there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, the embalming didn't go so good. No, it didn't go well at all. <laughs> Ouch. So yeah, we're riding out the pandemic over here in Colorado for the most part. I see. I see. It was too cold in L.A. <laughs> Yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> Tell us, I know, I know you're working on some project right now, right? Because we were yeah. just talking about that you're always working on some of these projects. I know your own projects too, because I know you're doing something with Mare and you guys are doing an album because I played on it. But you played on it. But there's, but what other stuff are you working on? Who else's stuff? Oh, um, well, I'm, I'm, you know, the biggest project I'm working on right now is actually from Michael Schmidt. And uh, right. he did a he did a record with a full on kind of like a full on big band, and uh, the rhythm section is myself and Gergo Borlai and Jimmy Haslip. So and Mare sang on one tune, but um, <laughs> most of it is is uh, like a Michael Schmidt music that that we played and um, with the John Diversa big band actually. So I'm in the middle of mixing that record right now. I've got about three tunes done, and you know, and um, then there's just like, you know, a bunch of little things that people maybe ask me to play on this or that or something like, you know, something like that. But is Maltem doing anything right now? I finished her record recently. It just came out like two or three days ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that record's done. Man, you're just it's a called, It's called I Love Paris. And <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit, it's weirder than you would think, but it's, yeah, it's uh, all these standard tunes, but it's, it's weird. So how many records have you done for her now, by now? Well, uh, this is maybe the fourth one, I wow. think. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, Scott, You're you, a big record mogul is what you are. That's Well, that's what I tell people. Are you, are you working? <laughs> so obviously you're working everything from home. So you have a setup at home that you do everything there or? Uh, yeah, I have, um, I have a laptop set up actually, which kind of in a way mirrors my computer at home. At home, I've got a, you know, MacBook, I mean, a Mac Pro right. with everything and, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. But I mean, my mobile rig is pretty happening, so I can go anywhere and pretty much do any work I need to do. Wow. Are you a Pro Tools guy? Not really. I use Digital Performer. That's oh, kind of okay. my thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I still like DP and I use Ableton Live too, you know. Which interface are you using? Um, when, you know, when I travel, I mean, I, I have this Motu Ultralight. Uh, oh, okay. And that's, and then she has an M2 or M4. M4. She's got an M4, which looks just like the Ultralight. <laughs> you, hold it. Are you guys at NAM now too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just promoting Motu because they're the greatest. <laughs> what a suck up. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> they give me the money. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. They don't. They don't give me any money. Stuck Moto's dick. Did am I getting this right? But did you just get married? No, no, no. Oh, Henderson, Henderson just says things like that. We didn't get married, but we hang out all the time. Henderson has 15 children from 15 women, so you should never listen to him. <laughs> yeah, at least that, that we know of, you know. Yeah. I, I'm one of his children, and I'm one of the mothers. Right, both, which is really weird. That's a secret. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Crap. Yeah, you weren't supposed to tell. <laughs> Uh, oh one big happy family is what we are <laughs> when, when are you coming back to la actually i'm coming back on like the 21st 21st I think. the yeah. 21st okay okay yeah. cool man yeah. cool yeah. man so, so what are you guys doing you guys having any fun over there nah nah <laughs> this is our this is our first show for 2021 <laughs> oh, um, and uh this is probably be our last show for 2021 so we're just it's your it's your ten thousandth show. Is that right in the ballpark? We're pretty close. Somewhere around there. Feel, yeah. It feels like ten thousand. Are we really that terrible? You you don't want to have us every week? <laughs> no, we'd have you guys every week. That'd be awesome. Okay. All right. Well just we'll do it every week. What when's when's good for you? This is Thursday at ten thirty well, nine thirty, ten thirty. You know what, Renzer? Um um was oh yeah. Um Remember the time we were going to have the the big tribal tech reunion thing on this podcast? Oh my God. It completely fucked it up. Yeah. How can I forget? I was thinking about that earlier today because you know I you know. asked me to do this, and I, I thought Bruce had a gig booked. I was all the way down in Santa Monica, getting ready to drive all the way back up to Troy's house in the valley to do the thing, and like what a half an hour before the podcast, Covington cancels. Remember that? Yeah, he called me middle of the day and he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna make it." And I'm like, "Kirk, you can't cancel. I we already discussed this. If you say yes, you have to show up. You know, you have to do it." And he's like, "Well, I just want to spend time with my my granddaughter." You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, you could have done that like every day up until now. Wow. Well, yeah, we, and I don't we, believe I've spoke to Covington since. I don't think I've. I doubt I, it. I don't think I've talked to him since. Well, then. we could do it now because there's no excuse. Do we call him? Call him. Let's right get him now. on the phone. <laughs> Kirk no, Covington. No, no, no. I don't want to see that. This is your life. <laughs> <laughs> there you no go. <laughs> yeah, he needs her right now. All stoned or something. Oh no. Well, anyway, whatever. It was just, uh, it was quite an experience as I remember back then. It was but a drama because we thought we were going to do it and we were looking forward to it and everybody well, made plans and everybody canceled whatever they had to do. Yeah, and- but you know, it was like, you remember the time he showed up in Japan with no, I mean, at the at the airport at LAX with no pass, no visa. Yeah, he showed up with the FedEx envelope that they sent him that he was supposed to take the contents and send to the embassy or whatever, <laughs> or go there and get the visa and all that. And he just brought it with him. Yeah, the application. You don't have to do that with Guitar Wink. You, you don't even need a visa to get on here. So, well, that's what I why I love it. Yeah, because you can just go on. You don't need a visa or anything. <laughs> so, whereabouts? Whereabouts in Colorado are you guys? Fort Collins, way up north, just about an hour from the Wyoming border. Wow! And yeah. now you guys are getting snow. Are you guys? Snowed? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh man, really? Yeah. 
Wow. It's like, I mean, it's like an inch, two inches. Okay. What is it? It's 23 degrees right now. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a little chilly on the willy. I consider that slightly <laughs> nippy. Yeah. Just a tip. fall off entirely. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. One second, I'm going to answer this phone. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Hello? It. It's totally oh, it's fine. Kirk. Take, take your time with that personal call on the show. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> Nothing like a little... I think it's Covington. Yeah, you know, thanks, Scott. You know what I mean? What's that? I mean, Kinsey, I got to tell you, you know, you got a good friend there, right? He brings you on the show and then he leaves. Takes to like, call. Well, then he just, he's deal. like, I got to get this, guys. Yeah, right. Is he calling oh? a drug dealer or a stockbroker? Which one? <laughs> it was was this like the same on the gig, Scott? Like, this is what oh, you yeah. deal with? Yeah, I mean, it would be like, you know, I, I I start to take a solo and he'd be like, be right back. Hold and on, be like, the dog party. We're yeah. going to take a phone call. Yeah. I'm sure your solo was great. Yeah, that was like one of your solos where I just walk off the stage and walk, go up to the bar and get a drink. I know. that's That was like incredibly classic. But I did the same thing. I always left you the stage. The with somebody else's you know, I mean, you know, you didn't really want me to comp for you that much. And you didn't want me to comp for you I either. So why I don't really want that either. Fucking solo. So it's a good time to, you know, get a little bit. Okay. So uh, as a person sitting in the audience paying money for this, uh, explain to me the whole way this works. <laughs> it's, because it's worth more money for me not to interrupt. It's worth more money for me not to interrupt his solo. And it's worth more money for him not to interrupt my solo. That's sort of like not being impeached because you already left the office, right? That's right. <laughs> I think that works about the same. It was the funniest thing that time. <laughs> That time, you know, when you were when you were in kind of more of your drinking mode than you are now, like you were kind of into the sauce a little bit more back then. Hey, we both right. we both were, so whatever. But we, we yeah, I love how you're like you were yeah. you drinking. Period. Hey, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I wasn't either. But there were those there was that one gig, man, where I looked over on your keyboard. And it was like a wet bar. You, had I know. Oh no, I know. I, I had. Across your keyboard, empty glasses. Oh no, no, it was deeper than that. Because like I had that keyboard case that I put behind my my seat, and I put yeah. the speakers on either end of it. But there was that whole middle part that that was just saying, "Hey, I'm here for you." So I would get like bottles of wine, mixed drinks, oh wow, whatever you could put there. And um, but the best thing, Kenzie, is that in the middle of the second tune. When Willis had that big long bass solo, so you bailed because I had to comp for him. That was one of those tunes where I comp for the bass solo, and you left and you went off stage, and you came back with two drinks, one in each hand, <laughs> and you walked right in front of Willis as he was soloing with a drink in each hand and just walked right in front of him to go to your keyboard with those two drinks. That's one of my favorite tribal tech moments of all time. My other favorite moment, I think we, I don't know, I hopefully we didn't talk about this last time I came on your show, but um, you know, that time Montreal drum fest or whatever, where I was like two floors down because I had to pee so bad. So I was down there, like I was in the bathroom and, you know, Willis plays this long solo. And at the end he goes, bump, 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 on upbeats, bump. Bump, right, bump, right, right. Bump. And that's my cue. I have to come out and we come in, finish the tune. And so, you know, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I just, I have to go. So I go down, I'm looking for the bathroom. It's two floors down <laughs> and I'm standing there and, you know, and I'm peeing. And then I hear, <laughs> and I hear like, 
you know, because it's two floors down. And then I hear a <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. You're going to be about two minutes too late. I'm going to be late. That's going to be a long bump, 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 bump. On the nick of time? Is that the story? I was late. I was, was late? I was, oh, he was already there, and I was down. I was still peeing. Surely, they're not stories that showcase you in a positive light. Nobody would listen to this if it put people in a positive light. What's that? What's that? Nobody would listen to this podcast if it put people in a positive light. You know what? You probably have a good point there. If we just said good things like, oh, Scott, I remember that night your hair was so perfect. Yeah. Who would who would tune in? Yeah. Hey, so Scott, so what's what's the plan for 2021? What what do you got on the on the schedule, mate? Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to kind of get some stuff going a little bit. Um, you know, some some guys asked me to play in Texas. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. They asked me about it. I said, well, we'll see, you know, what happens. So, I mean, ZZ there's a possibility top? of a gig. What's that? ZZ Top. <laughs> ZZ top. You said yeah. some guys in Texas. That just sounds like you're trying to hide who it is. You're right. It's ZZ Top. I, <laughs> I knew it. Nailed it. They nailed it. How do you know, man? I was trying to keep that on the DL. Some guys <laughs> in Texas, it's always ZZ Top. It's always ZZ Top. It's every time. Oh, sure of that. No, it's just, I mean, it's a place called Windmills. Actually, there's a place in India called Windmills, too. It's the same people. But anyway, they invited me to come play. But I don't know. We'll see if it happens. It may, may not. Mm. I don't know. And then, like, I guess I had some gigs in 2022. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, but but what we're really going to do, first of all, we're going to release this record that Mare and I are, are working on. So that's kind of the first, that's the big thing that we have in mind, you know, to do. Well, when you so, release that, will you come back and talk to us about it? Yeah. We would sure. love to have you guys back and let's let's talk about that more because that'd be really cool to hear what's it's a what's cool happening. record. I mean, what I've heard of it, it's really cool. I mean, you yeah, I mean you haven't really heard too much of it yet, but I, I mean I feel good about it. I think it's a good record what, and what kind of where are we at? What is what star, what are we doing? What is it? Well, it's it's um mostly Mare's tunes that, that she had written. Um so it's you know, it's it's, it's like my personal experiences through my poetry, because I've been cultivating this poetry for everyone for maybe three decades now, and um, don't tell anyone. That's that's off the record. And, and yeah, then nobody's like, gonna hear that. We 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 edited it out. Thank you. Oh, already? Thank wow. You. Already, as you spoke, we edited it out. You, know, you were like, Doop. you gotta wear your Doop. face cream, guys. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, but three decades. You're only three decades. Oh, not even. You know. I, well, I we'll just leave it. Okay. Leave it. <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's her tunes, and I arranged them all. So you know, I I you know did my little number to them, and and I got some friends on it. Scott plays on it, and a lot of guys play on it. And um, we've and assembled half of Tribal Tech for this record for one tune. Uh, half of Rival. Yeah, Did you we? and and Henderson. Oh right, right. This like, half. Yeah. yeah, and it's kick ass and and it we changed up the rhythm section and it's a surprise for that track and Am yeah. I good at talking? Yeah, you're really well, good. What, at it. Yeah, you're excellent. What, but what I heard of it is really cool cuz you know, your <laughs> harmony is thing is amazing. So Oh, thanks. You're always so, doing stuff. I I kind of got into that again, you know, like I kind of went into that sort of like, okay, let's 
for better or for worse, let's just get really harmonic and really, I just try to try to make it interesting. And, and, um, and so it's, it feels like, I don't know if it's a jazz record or not. It's kind of like, it's a pop record on the surface, but if you dig deeper, it's a jazz record or it's a, you know, experimental record or whatever, you know, so you can look at it different ways, but, um, I, the pop I'm, world is going to hate us because well, we're too good because <laughs> of all the players and Scott's harmonies. Like it's, it's out of this world. And like everything he touches turns to gold. Like every, well, actually, I love, I'll say it the other way. Everything he touches turns into making absolutely no money because there's two <laughs> chords, too many chords. Yes, See, that's what I mean. That's what gold money is. you make. That's one thing I know. Yeah. You know what gold we, is. We can't fool you there. No. If you write two chords, then you make a lot of money. If you write three it's chords, not. you make less. If you that's write four, thing. you make less than that. No, I, that's, that's my mistake because I either write one chord, which you make no money, right? or I write 100,000 chords, mm -hmm. which you also make no money. Right. That's right. You have no you gray just area. You write two chords. Yeah. You got to have a little gray area in between those things. <laughs> when, when does it album, when does it drop? Good question. We don't really know yet, but it's you know it's it should be coming soon because uh, we're kind of wrapping it up now. Well, we're gonna we're gonna circle back it's around called, and get you guys for that. That it's called you know it's our names Scott Kinsey and Marisol and it's called the record's called Adjustments. So you know if you, for what it's nice. worth. Nice. Yeah. Congrats, guys. It sounds that sounds something to uh, to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. A little and something. I mean, <laughs> you know, Mare sounds incredible on it. It's it's about time that people hear her sing because she's really. Mare, where where are you from? Well, I'm from the road. I'm an old ward, road worn, road warrior, and I I killed my voice for ten years, uh, undiscovered in little bars across America. But I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh wow! Awesome. Wow. This that right there. Makes me want to listen to this album even more because it's like, damn. Okay, I gotta yeah. hear what's going it's on. Really I cool. really gotta I, hear what's going I, on. I really like the cut I played on. It's really, it's really fun, man. Lots I love it. Amazing harmony. It's really yeah. good. Well, listen. Thank, thank you guys for coming on our show. Yeah, man. It I was it was super fun. Thanks for having having. Yeah. I love you guys. We'll have you back when your record, you know. Oh, so you're gonna do one more out. show when we get our record out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only one more. Just yeah. one more. And then we're never going to talk to you again. Oh, crap. Well, we better make it worthwhile. That we does do a put a one. damper on our relationship. Now we're going we're to have you and Covington back real soon. Oh. <laughs> now I know you're full of shit. relationship thing. Don't worry. You're snowed in. Things will happen. All right. All right. All right. You guys go ahead and go have sex now. <laughs> they already were having sex. You know, do Did it you notice? Time today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that for a little while. Okay. <laughs> All wow. right, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much, you Scott, Mia. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you we so much. It was it. a lot of fun. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye, okay. there. Bye. Yeah. Good to meet you all. Go cool, wow. More assholes. Like, can we get any more yeah. asshole people tonight? Stupid jerks. <laughs> they are really nice. Uh, do you think they're like taking nice pills or do you think they've joined a cult? <laughs> cult for sure. <laughs> Robert, I got to tell you something about the tune that I played on and, and Kinsey's thing in general. He's got another album called No Sleep. And it's a little bit similar to the record that he's doing now. Not quite. It, it, I don't really know how to 
tell you what the differences are. They are different. But this one, the, the track that I played on, there's melody that's very pop. But then Kinsey goes into these harmonic movements. And I really don't know how to describe them. It's not traditional harmony, but it's not avant-garde at all. It's just his thing, man. And I, I don't know really anybody besides maybe Wayne Shorter who does that. Wow. I think, I think Wayne and Kinsey, they have a similar harmonic thing, you know, and it's really, really cool. It's very modern, but not that challenging to listen to because you know sometimes when you listen to songs with so many chords you're so challenged by it you have to listen to it three or four times before it sinks in and then you start to learn to like it right i didn't i don't feel that way when i listen to scott's stuff i listen to it i'm i like it immediately even though there's lots of chords and there's an art to that man you know because some people write a lot of chords and you just go god damn i don't understand this you know but for 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 just what it's worth the very first time i heard wayne shorter atlantis kind of i was kind of like what but then the second time i heard it i liked it more the third time by the third time i heard it i was sold i was like this is the best thing ever and then it became one of my favorite records of all time but it the first at first listen it was challenging i was like wow this is a lot of harmony to listen to you know it's kind of <laughs> going in a lot of different unexpected directions and it was kind of like whoa i wasn't quite ready for it but you know i mean whatever for whatever it's worth it's like kenzie's doing some really really modern sounding stuff that's very cool and still for lack of a better word commercial at the same time right right what's what's me really cool voice shit. like what it had is she, is she has she got a well, bit of husky going on no okay. no she, she she i'd say she has a really smooth character right. to her voice it's not raspy it's really smooth more like a jazz singer yeah you know like she can hit those notes those odd notes you know she's not a jazz singer but she's not your typical pop singer right you know she's got a thing happening that's really cool and of course, under the direction of Scott, Scott's got her singing probably a lot of stuff that maybe she wouldn't have heard on her own. But because Scott has all this great harmonic knowledge, he's having her sing some of those notes that make those chords work more, you know, lines through those chords. So it's really interesting music. I really like it. Awesome. It's pretty, pretty, it's pretty yeah, cool. We're going to make sure we swing back around and get and catch yeah. that. Awesome. Yeah, I was just talking to him about how he wants to put his record out. If he wants to put it out on a label or if he wants to have CD Baby do it. I'm trying to talk him into CD Baby because, you know, the, the label thing, man, is so hard. You don't make much money when you give your record no. to a label. And they, they, they're basically just glorified secretaries. And they take all your money and give you very little back on the back end. The only... The only advantage to doing a label is if they give you an advance yeah right you know they just say here here's 20 grand or his here's 10 grand up front then okay but to give it to a label without an advance you're kind of i mean why 
No, and it's that's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. No, no. And you make so much more on the back end when you just do those little things to yourself. You go to the post office by yourself. It's not a big deal, you know, to go mail 100 records to somebody. So what? And and it's and they put it on iTunes for you and Amazon. And so why even deal with a label when CD Baby can do all that stuff for you for free? Yeah. Basically. And I mean, they're selling a CD for 15 bucks and you get 11 on a label. You'd what, get what? A dollar 40. It's kind of a no brainer, I think, but whatever, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him about it and trying to help him in that way. <clears throat> wow. Oh, that that was really cool. That was really cool. Catching up with Scott. It's been a while yeah. since we've, we've talked to him. I don't talk to him as much either because he's not here in LA. So, you know, he's doing his thing there. Yeah. And he doesn't come to town as often. You know, he's not around as much as he used to be. So not like, you know, it's pretty easy to be a hermit now with not leaving the house and not oh. seeing your friends as much. Oh my God. It's so easy. <laughs> easy. So to easy. It's ridiculous. Well, we got Lyle Workman coming up. Lyle, Good. Lyle's been uh, he's a busy man. He's been doing a lot of cool shit. Text him. Uh, there we oh. go. Hey, you want to hear? You don't want me to tell you a story? Sure. <laughs> it's just stupid. You know, I got John Sir had my Marshall for a long time. He was fixing it because I was having some problems with it blowing fuses. So he decided to replace the filter caps, which they're 50 years old. So I guess it was about time. So we replaced them. Amp sounds great. And, but because I was messing around with the amp, I was also messing around with IRs because they wanted me to do a demo for the Sur SH100, which is basically just a clone of this Marshall that I have. And I started listening to IRs and I started listening to that one that I was raving about. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> really? You've changed your mind again. It's not even a, it's not, it's a such a no brainer that it's not even, it's like as soon as you hear one note from the cabinet, it just pisses all over anything that you, uh, it's not even a contest. Wow. Just sorry, but no thanks. So I'm going to be living in this room with no windows for the rest of my life and miking my cabinet and fuck all that other bullshit. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, what, you've got the best. Why would you fuck with anything else? Well, because it would be nice to have some sunlight in my room. <laughs> <laughs> You're a vampire. That's bad for you. Yes, but whatever. I what sure is- love the sound of that cabinet, and I haven't heard anything yet that, 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 that makes me happy. Well, there you oh. go. Oh, crikeys. Uh-oh, look who's here. <laughs> it's because some kind of a studio rat joined us. Oh, my God. It's everybody, it's the whole party. Lyle Wackman <laughs> joined the house. Welcome, yes, sir. Bro. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Scott. Hey, hey, hey. How, How are you? How you guys doing, man? Good. Huh? How you doing? Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's pretty much it. What right. are you up to, Bob? You're busy. You're doing. You're working, right? You're doing lots of stuff for everybody from your house. Me? Right? Me? Uh, well, um, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're more like us than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things got really slow after about June. Uh-huh. It's the stuff to the, the <clears throat> show that I was working on. It got stopped because of COVID. And it's just, you know, I got stuff coming up, but, you know, it's 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 been slow. It's been great because I've had time to do other things and work mm-hmm. work on my own stuff. So that's been fun. But uh, oh, good. But yeah, you know, we're all keep we all keep busy. We can all just play our guitar or record. You know, that's that's a good thing about it. We can we can be, we can be productive even when no one else is hiring us. <laughs> I'm in the biggest writing slump of all time. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I write I, I write about eight measures and then I listen to them and throw them in the trash. And then, and then I write another eight measures and throw those in the trash. And so far, I haven't come up with one thing that I like. And when did you start that process? Uh, maybe about a month ago. Oh, man. And it's just, you know, whatever. I, I know it'll pass, but I'm just like, this happens to me all the time. I'm Does used it? to it. Yeah. You know, but it's just like you, you, you think you have something and then you listen to it and you go, man, that sounds like something I wrote like two years ago. Or it sounds like. It sounds like somebody else's song, even worse. Ah, <laughs> oh. you know, just hard, man. It's getting hard to write to me, like because so much has been done already, and that's a challenge to figure out where to take your art. You know, so challenging. How, just how to take it to another level? You know, um, exactly how to do it. Really hard, man. It's well, like I. I feel I feel like Lyle, you've you've kind of done that, man. With your stuff, we've been hearing on the internets and Facebook and everything. Your one your music and then your music videos that you've been doing, dude, they're amazing, yeah. incredible. Oh, thanks. Well, this right, you know how I kind of figured that out, Scott. I think we might have talked about it earlier. Is that this record I have now? So I I wanted orchestral. I wanted or, uh, a heavy duty orchestral element to it. Mm-hmm. So that that gave me something to do that was be, was beyond what I had done with my previous records. And uh, so yeah. that's what I'm suggesting to you is just write a, a, a guitar and orchestra, man. <laughs> well, you know, those guys want money. That's the problem. It's like <laughs> I have to pay the violin player and pay the flute player. It's like, you know, I think when I think about it, you're absolutely right. If I was thinking about writing for a quintet or, a, or, you know, with a couple horns or something like that would completely change the way that I think about writing. But since I'm writing for instrumental guitar trio, yeah, okay. very, that is a limiting thing, you know, because I have to, I can't hold a chord and play a bunch of notes. Like I can't play, faster melodies because I, somebody's got to play the chords and if i overdub the chords i can't play the tune on stage so yeah you know i've got to i've got to write music that i can play on stage with an instrumental guitar trio so that is a limiting thing and maybe that's one of the reasons i'm having a hard time coming up with new music because i've done three albums like that in a row so yeah, I, is, can, I can see yeah. that you know, but, but whatever. I make a lot of money playing trio more than I would with an orchestra. So that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't be going on the road with this for sure. Yeah, yeah just take them on the road, man. And you could like wait, mortgage wait your house. And, and There's like community orchestras and shit. I would think that that's a huge, you know, once, of course, we all start hanging out together. I would think that there would be lots of community orchestras that would love to like, you know, or and bigger orchestras, of course, you know that would 
love to do pieces like that. They're looking to do new things, man. You know, I mean. But on the road? Yeah, well, there are orchestras in every city, you know. And I mean, oh, you mean like, oh, I see. You mean go from city to city and hire or get orchestras wherever I am. Yeah, to commission you to come in and they'll play your piece and you're the fe you're the featured. Yeah, that's oh, I, I see. That yeah, I never a, thought about or Lyle. That. I'm talking about Lyle, who's already got the music. You know, mm -hmm. that would make a lot yeah. of sense. Well, I I I actually talked to Steve Vai about this um, because he's you know he's done that, but that is situations where he's got you know, these countries where they've got great orchestras and they and they just want to play great music. You know, it's right. not all about playing the repertoire, you know, right. classical stuff. And they, they really uh, uh, do that, but they've got, they've got to have governments to fund that stuff because if it's complex music, then you're going to need multiple days of rehearsal. You know what I mean? It, it, so there's, there's gotta be, there's, there's gotta be some money behind it or, or an orchestra with a, with a, a government that will fund it. How about Slovakia? Um, yeah, I've done so. I've done that. I've done. I've I've done uh, Bratislava and I've done Budapest. <laughs> okay, that's great. And uh, but that's that was for um, well, one was for a movie and one was for uh, this sort of library thing that I do. But the, the 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 thing that you're saying, Bruce, is that if you just if we just look at the recording part of it, right? Um, you, the savings are just unbelievable. It's you know it's like one tenth the cost. To do it, to do it there, that it does to do it in LA with all the union restrictions and all that. But you can, I mean, you can you can record forty minutes of music with with sixty people for about ten thousand dollars, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 incredible. What would, what would it be in LA? You know far more about this than I do, but I just you know read in a magazine that. Like orchestras, you know, as they as they perceive the future moving forward, once we open up again, the need to change, you know, from the traditional repertoire that they've been selling to their, you know, group of their constituency to like a more open minded event oriented music that, you know, encompasses more more styles that brings in more people you know what i mean because the orchestras are also faced with kind of the same thing jazz clubs were when things were closing down which is they need to define themselves as something that has a bigger base and projects like yours i mean they mentioned a few projects that sounded like a project like yours you know that were like doing real well and they were planning on incorporating that element into particularly, you know, you know, you know, orchestras. I mean, I know a bunch of them where the uh, music director is a very, uh, shall we say, adventurous minded guy. You know, they're, they're happy to provide, you know, to play the standard repertoire, but they like to pepper it in new things and, you know, and bring in a bigger, wider audience and challenge the orchestra to play more, you know, demanding things from other genres, that kind of stuff. I don't know that, I mean, it seems to me that if you've got your thing together, which you do, that at some point that you would be sitting in a sweet spot because they're looking for stuff like that and you can deliver, you know? I mean, you've got the, you've got the book already, whereas Scott has to write it, you know? Yeah, I'm that's, saying, that's I mean, if you, want me to, if you want me to represent you, uh, I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> that's what it sounds like I need. But yeah, I... Uh, it's it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I would just have to look into it and, and, and see. 
essentially they would just have to fund it because I am tapped out, man. I mean, right. no, no, you, I, I recorded at Abbey Road, you know, so I, yeah. I've sort of yeah. put my money, my money's gone now for this particular right. project. But, hey, uh, now, Lyle, you did, you did Abbey Road, right? Like you went all uh, out and got the best of the best. Uh, yeah, well, the music did. I had to do it. I mean, it was. It would either. It's either one day at Abbey Road or four days with rehearsal with another orchestra, and then another two days to record. You know, but you got to go. The music's, it's, you know, is, if it's complicated and, and it's it's odd, <laughs> then you're going to need the extra rehearsal and time. Yep. So how was how was that experience, man? Going into Abbey Road and having your music recorded by these phenomenal orchestral players. It was great. I mean, it was great. Uh, it, Cause they're, you know, they're just singing the music for the first time. <laughs> there was no rehearsal. And, and it, it was kind of funny because there was one particular track that's, that's pretty, pretty gnarly. And when they, when they first played it, it sounded like a, a high school orchestra. The first, you know, like this was one section and I started laughing cause it was, it, because the stuff before that was so smooth and then they hit this one area and it was like, then the whole thing completely fell apart. And then, well, we you know, obviously stopped. And then the second time they played it, they went from sounding like to a high school band to like a really good college band. And then the third time they played it, they sounded like Ivy Road, you know, they sounded <laughs> like, so they just, oh, okay. You know, it's just, you know, there's so many orchestras there in, in London and they're always playing and they're always so out playing. playing. When, so there, and of course, all the movies, you know, that's all, all so, so, much of, so much of that is done there. So the reading level and the skill level is just phenomenal, man. I mean, yeah. it's, just, you know, French horn players where everything's in tune and, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's just interesting for, for, to be a, you know, like a, a, a guitar player, we have to play in tune, right? We have to play in tune. That's like one of the first things, but like certain string players or, 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 they have to be great for them to be totally in tune all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's just, a, it's a, just a different thing. So Lyle, when you, when you give them this music, um, do they, you've got everything on the charts, including dynamics, including every single subtle thing that they have to do. It's on that piece of paper. Yes. Wow. So that's even more challenging because not only do they have to read the notes, but they've got to catch all the dynamics. They've got to catch all that shit. Yeah. Wow. That's you know, you know, after hundreds of years, they kind of have the system down, you know. Yeah. With the, I guess, yeah. They, with, with all the dynamics and all the different, you know, various various ways to play, every the articulations, you know, all that stuff is, is all laid out. And again, I'm working with a uh, an orchestrator who I've been working with for the last 15 years on movies. He's done like over 150 movies, wow. you know, and, and he's really good. And uh, and then the great thing about Abbey Road is he lives in between Abbey Road and Air Studios, and he gets on his bike and rides to work every day, <laughs> you know. So, and and I got him involved from the very beginning. I started working on the record about five years ago, um, and I wanted him in, in involved. And so, it was all this back and forth over the years working on the on the on the record. And he knew exactly who he needed to get. Like, oh, we need to get this guy as a concert master. We need to get this guy on the trumpet, you know, the, the lead trumpet player. He, and so we were, able, we were able to cherry pick and get the very best people. Wow. 
Wow. That okay. made it go as smooth as possible because it was like 40, what was it? A 40 minutes of music, orchestral bars. If you put them all together, 40 minutes. And we got that. We had planned nine hours, but we, we had to go half an hour over time to get it. But that's amazing that you got all that in nine hours. That's yeah. insane. I it really that's was. Just, that's just, you got to have the best players on earth to be able to do something like that. Yeah. You know? You do. You know, I know how to write a P on my chart, but it, in my case, it means penis. <laughs> I know dynamics, goddammit. <laughs> you mean with a decrescendo afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, with a big decrescendo. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit, I got and I write from Fs, me. too, and it means, fuck, why did I write this piece of shit? <laughs> oh. Now, Lyle, you had a... You had a ton of guests playing on your stuff. Who are some of the players that played on your your tracks? Uh, uh, Vincent Caliuti. <laughs> I've never oh, heard guy. of him. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Caliuta played yep. drums. Uh, uh, Abe Laboreal Jr.'s on there. I've got uh, Tim LaFave on bass. Uh, Jeff Babco played some keys. Uh, Charlie Bisharat's a great violinist here in town he does lots of movies but he's a great you know soloist uh, improviser um I, I know i'm leaving out a bunch of people um who else dan lutz is one of the bass players toss panos plays drums um matt chamberlain oh, wow. uh, a guy named donald barrett who uh, who's kind of a, a recent find um sam wilkes bass player he's in that band nowhere he's a great young young player uh and that's Wade uh, Colbreth, who's a great vibes player here in town. Um, and that you know that's kind of the core of the of the instruments that were recorded here, and then the rest was was just the orchestra. And you, I really love Toss's playing; he's great. Toss he, is he's an incredible player. He's a, he's, he's such awesome. a distinct. He's such a stylist, and uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's he's one of my longest friends that I've known since I moved to. LA. I used to love to watch him play with with Landau in that band. Oh yeah, that's one of that's actually my favorite version of Mike's band was with with Toss. Wow, I really like. You know, Toss would play whole tunes without one time hitting a cymbal. Yeah, and, he's a and, very distinctive and, musician, and he, he doesn't realize it. He doesn't understand it. He's like, you know, you know, he's a he creative is. cat, man. He just he just pour himself into any style and just feels so comfortable. And he's just he's just really good. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. So, see, Lyle, you played obviously all guitars, and what yeah. else? What else did you play? Uh, some keyboards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. When's this record? What's that? When's it going to be out? It's officially out February 19th. Ooh. Cool. Coming up soon. And yeah. I, I went with a, a, a distribution company called Blue Canoe. They're based out of Nevada. I found out through them uh, through, uh, I found out about them through Jimmy Haslip. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it, it, for a while, uh, it looked like I was going to go with a label that Steve Vai was with, but it just didn't work out. They wanted to sort of wanted to own the master and it, for all the money that I got into, it just didn't make sense. So I just went with a you know a distribution deal with the company. We were just talking to Scott Kinsey, and Scott Kinsey was working oh. with Jimmy Haslip on another project. 
Yeah. That's the second time Jimmy's names come into the conversation. Oh, yeah. He's quite a busy guy. Uh, yeah. I spoke yesterday. He says he's producing seven records. Yeah. <laughs> and, Holy crap. Jesus. Yeah. I'd never met him before. I mean, he was a, a fan for, for, for ages. Yeah, he's a sweet guy, man. He's a really he? nice guy. He's a man. good guy. He's a really I, nice guy. I must I assume you guys have worked together on, on something. I, you know what? I've not really ever worked with him. Um wow. but I've just seen him so many times. I mean, I've seen him play with Kinsey so many times. Yeah. And met him, and he's just such a nice cat. Or you know, I might be on some of the same records that he's on, but I just overdubbed my part. And in fact, I know because he's working with this guy. Schmidt um, from Germany, and they're doing a big band record. But I played on the last album that he did about, well, it wasn't the last one. It's got to be four or five records ago, maybe 10 years ago. But Jimmy was on that too. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm on a bunch of records with him, but I just never got to play with him live. Oh, uh, okay. But he's a great player, man, and a super, sure super good guy. He sure is, yeah. So, Lyle, what's the album called? It's called Uncommon Measures. Uncommon measures and um, Un uncommon, uncommon, uncommon measures. Yeah, cool, man. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Oh uh, yeah, I I will send it to you guys. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Wait, I like free music even better than paid music. <laughs> <laughs> wait, well, wait. at least I could do to get this free press. I mean, I, I'm assuming this this thing goes out public, right? This is not three people. Oh, no. This is not just for us. Just for us, us four to just watch when 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 we're yeah, three or four fans, you know. There's there's my mum tunes in, so she'll probably buy a record. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, this sounds awesome, but I gotta say, like you, I know you've been releasing stuff on Facebook, some of the stuff, and doing all your own video for it. You've become like a music video fiend. I mean. They look amazing with what you've been doing with the visuals, right? Well, I, yeah, I just started. Goof well, here's here's what happened: as uh, when we uh, when I recorded at Abbey Road, a friend of mine, this, this guy I've known forever, he says, "Hey, man, I want I want to come and record the orchestra. I mean, I want to I want to film it." And I was like, "Really?" And I go, "Well," and I'm thinking like, "Well, I really don't want to fly someone over and pay for you know that. I don't really need it." And he goes, "No, man, I'll I'll fly myself over." And so. He really made quite an operation of it. He brought he brought six GoPro cameras, and so he set them up in various places with the string players and the horn players and the conductor, and had one on a gimbal he was walking around with. And so he filmed everything. He filmed nine and a half hours solid of 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 the he filmed everything. And so uh, when we got back home, he sent me the footage, and I just I just started looking at it. I go, man, I got to do something with it. And so I. I edited uh, a bunch of material. I just found out about this program, this free program called uh, DaVinci Resolve, which is an incredible video, video editing software that's free, essentially. And, um, and then at that point, I thought, well, I should, I should probably put myself in the video. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I replayed my part. So I had to learn my stuff again, which was, which was wild. And, and you know, I just would even learn my solos and stuff, which was super hard. Because it's a whole different mindset, you know, when you're trying to learn something than when you're just improvising. So it was, that was pretty challenging. And, and so I, I got pretty good with just this program, this video program. And uh, so I've got three full full length videos for for the record. 
And I also had another job where I was doing this library music and uh, it was orchestral music. And this is the one where we recorded orchestra in, um, in Budapest. And, um, and so I did some videos of that as well. So that's that's all the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, Troy. man. I mean, it looks it looks amazing. It looks you know, really Troy, amazing. I haven't. Lyle, are we Facebook friends? Um. Oh, I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, because you know, I haven't seen these videos, so I thought we were Facebook oh. friends, and I haven't seen them. So maybe... oh, then, yeah. I don't think we are then, because I I post them. Oh I, yeah, because I, I haven't seen these. So maybe I'll send you a friend request, or you send me a friend request, so I can see them. But then you'll have to look at all my political posts. But whatever. Oh yeah, so you're a big Trump guy, right? Yeah, big Trump. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually was helpful in planning the insurrection on January 6th. I was part, of part of that planning. Hey, I thought I saw I'm you. The guy Scott. left the pipe bombs, you know. <laughs> that guy. They've been looking for me, but they can't find. Oh uh, well, well, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's for America. I did it for America. I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Your 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 yeah, it didn't really work out the way I planned it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the the uh, the election was stolen. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> really yeah, I heard it. You, you don't get away with standing there, Lyle, with all those beautiful amps in the background. Do you have a favorite behind you there? Uh, well, yeah, there's a, uh, let's see. Okay, so this one, can you see this one right here? Yeah. This is a 100 watt, 60, a 1969 super bass. Ooh. Woohoo! And it's been, it was modified literally in 1983 or something. Um, by a guy in Sacramento, but it was a, a, a design, uh, a modification. Now, I don't remember who it was, whether it was the uh, Jose or Orgando or, or what's the guy, what was that guy's name? Jose something. There was a couple guys that were po popular in L.A. for doing mods to Jose, Marshall. I've heard of the Jose guy, yeah. Yeah, it was Jose, or it might have been a, one of the other the Soldano guy, the cat. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know everyone's names, but uh, but it's a really good modified Marshall. It sounds really good. I like that. And then I have, uh, let's see, up here. This um, this is a '72. Yeah, this is a '72, 50 watt. Th that's amazing. That just sounds great when you turn it up, man. It just. I I wanted to get a, a spare, and I. I went through two or two or three of them, but for whatever reason, they just don't sound as good as as that one. So I end up just I've, I what sold them. And I just gave up. Triangle. Are those matchless? Divided by oh, thirteen. Yeah. Well, these are these are divided by thirteen heads. Oh, divided. What's the ones with the triangle? Right here. Above. Oh, up. Or or oh, that one. Here? Yeah, that's a comet. This is a great head. It's, oh it's, yeah, that's a comet. I should have known that. Yeah, comet. Yeah. That's a great, a great. Yeah, those are great amps. It's, I guess it's, uh, this is a Ken Fisher designed amp from, from, from Trainwreck. You know, the guy that used to yeah. be with the. Uh, Ken with Fisher the, did then? He, he designed the circuit. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's got a, a Trainwreck kind of thing. And what, what I understand that to be is that distortion is not all front end or back end, but it's both. Uh huh. You know, some amps like, you know, old Marshalls or, uh, you know the preamps are not distorting. It's the it's the the power amp. 
Right. And that's that's where you get the man. For me, that's where you where it gets really sweet. You know, are those are those class A A or class A B? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh-huh. I wonder because yeah, you know, they for I don't know why they remind me of Matchless for some reason, but they do. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the they're so. Maybe it's the shape of them because they're so tall. You yeah. know, like a matchless head, and they have the same black. They have the same looking panel as a matchless. Right, right, yeah. Cool, man. Lots so, of amps. Yeah, I got a few. I got a few. Uh, I've got some other ones in the other room. You know, just some old Tweed Fenders and and Gibsons and things like that. You yeah. and you record live cabinets when you record Lyle. Yeah, but I also have an ox. Oh, you I like? Yeah. This guy right here. You like the ox? You know, it works for me. I know it doesn't for you, Scott. You said it, you couldn't get it to. You couldn't um, make I'm it. Just, you know, we had James Santiago on the show. Santiago on the show. Yeah, sure. He was sort of saying that, you know, he's not really trying to copy anything. He's doing, you know, so when I'm trying out IRs and things like that, I'm trying to copy the sound of my cabinet. And I'm starting to realize that's never going to happen. Right. So, so I'm sure I would like the ox for other sounds. You right. know, I just couldn't copy my the sound of my cabinet with it, but I hey, you. I can't ca- copy the sound of my cabinet with any other IR either. So right, I see. Does it make you know? It'd be not, it'd be cool if they if they took the challenge and were able to do that for you. Yeah, but it's okay. I've got a room with no windows, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right. All good. That's pretty cool. Yes, it's I mean, it's, cool. you know, it's I funny. I shake the house when I play. So far, I haven't been kicked out of my house yet. So <laughs> you're probably safe then. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. Oh, but good. yeah, man, I know what you mean. Like you, you. It's good to have the cabinet thing though, too. So how are you yeah. able to record those cabinets loud without the police coming? Well, I've got um, that behind me is uh, um, see this on the other side of that curtain is a is another room. That's where my amps are. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my cabinets. And so I've got a four by twelve, and I've got an AC thirty cabinet. And so, what stops the neighbors from calling the police when those cabinets are turned up really loud? Well, this is this building is a it's a it's it's a five hundred square foot building that was built from scratch as a studio. Oh wow, awesome! Yeah. So I've got two walls. You know, I've got a foot essentially of two walls between the two walls all the way around. Oh, gotcha. Wow. So there's no neighbors to complain. Yeah, this this was nothing here except grass. Wow, that's this, this whole building was built in the backyard. You know, we're lucky to have these situations because there's so many people that want to record cabinets. They just can't do it because they don't, you know, their neighbors are going to call the cops on the first note. That's right. So, that's right. And, and that's really what's great about the ox for most people. Yeah. They, they could figure, they could find something that's going to work for them. And, and, right. and that's a really good thing. Yeah. I right. say, uh, yeah. I love the ox. I'm a massive fan of the ox. It works great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's really, really good. So, you know, I, th- I think for me, I I don't really have a uh, like a sound that I go for. You know, I'm always writing different kinds of things. So I, I don't, you know, I'm always trying different amps. I'm using different guitars. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a signature gu- guitar that I use all the time. So I'm, I, I don't really, I don't think I've ever really defined my sound. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you, you should be grateful for that. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I really don't know. I think there's, there's, there's something to be said for having your own tone and having, Oh man, when I, you're right. It, it's fucked up though, because 
if I play through something else, I feel like something's broken. Huh. Wow. And, and then it's like, okay, I got to get through this without feeling like it's messed up, you know? And it's like, so yeah. I'm, I'm okay with using a different pedal, using a different head, using a different cabinet, but I got to get used to it. It takes me a little while to get used to it before I feel comfortable enough to actually play a solo or something that's that expressive. I oh, have yeah. to get used to that new sound under my fingers before I can play takes me a day or so, you know, to get that sound in my head and go, okay, I can deal with this. I can play this sound and play a decent yeah. soul. You Is know, that, but, that's, you hit the nail around the head. It's you're playing the sound. You're playing the sound, right? Yeah. So you're, you're it, not you used gotta to be able to have control over, over that. Yeah, otherwise you're like, I don't have any control and exactly. what isn't sustaining the way I want it to. And I got to, you got to sort of right. alter how you play to, how how the amp is responding to your fingers? So exactly, or just the just the frequencies. Like you hit a you hit a certain note, and it just it goes. Why is this note hurting my ears? It usually doesn't. Yeah. So there's something I gotta fix to make this note not hurt my ears. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fix it. And yeah, whatever, yeah. You know. But I think the aux is great, and all the IRs and things are great, especially for layering because. You don't want those layers to sound like your main guitar sound. So perfect to have something where you can just switch. What I love about the IRs is that you can change the speakers while your music is playing, while your track is playing. You know, like, okay, you don't like the sound of the track, stick another speaker on there and see if that one sounds better and see if that works in the mix better. And that's wonderful. Yeah, that part of it is great to be able to audition just to press a button and just have it and just scroll and, and just hear different things. And, Almost like a synthesizer. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool. I love that part about it. Look, yeah, me too. Lyle, have you gone the direction of like the, say the fractal axe effects or the, some of the other modelers? Have you tried any of them out at all or not? Yes, I have. I, I have the, uh, the axe effects. What do you think of it? I think it's great. It, do you find that some of that stuff fits better in tracks than actually recording live guitars? Or no? Well, um, being that I'm always going for something different, once I get to that thing and I like it, I don't go. I don't keep going. You know, I say, like, okay, I, this I can work with this. I play it, feels good, it sounds good. I'm going to go with this. Right. So, um, So I'm never trying to find just one thing, you know. It's not like I've got. So, well, what would this sound like? And I, I experiment with it and just let it unfold. Yeah. So, uh, I, I know that I have, uh, uh, when I was first given the unit to, to evaluate, I had no interest in it at all. I said, like, well, I, I've got man, I've got these great amps. I've got nice mics. I've got nice mic pre's. And uh, this, the guy says, no, I think you should check it out. I'm like, all right. And I plugged it in, and within about twenty minutes, I went, "Wow, that's a really good sound." Then I was writing something, right? That I, and so I had, a, I had, a, I had a purpose. I need, and so let me try to record with it, and it was great, and it sounded great. And 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 I've done. This kind of goes back to this thing I, I I do. It's it's a it's a weird it's it's an interesting job. It's creating uh, library music for Facebook, and um, essentially all it is is uh, music that. Anybody that's on Facebook, they can find this uh, library of, of tracks that they can have for their videos. So it's anything from 
what everyone, whatever anyone would post on video, if it's their pit bull playing with their parakeet or a new Norgard or whatever it is. But so that, that part of it doesn't really sound like that lofty of a, of a, of a project. But in my case, it's, it's uh, the, the job is, um, was, uh, was, it was, uh, how the way it was, that was spoken to me about was there's all kinds of people on Facebook. So, you know, Give us some jazz. Give us give us some classical. Give us some this. Give us some blues rock. Give us some. So it's essentially, it's like they're hiring me to make albums with a genre, but however I want to do it. Wow. So I take complete liberties. It's not. It, they don't have to be hits. They don't have to. You know, it could be anything I want. In fact, three songs that are on my record were written for this Facebook project. So that's the level of creative uh, freedom that I have. So. I've written all these kinds of me, all these different kinds of, of styles. And, um, and sometimes I, I just want to plug in something and be able to go, Oh, here, here's the Princeton. Here's a Marshall. Here's a Dumble. Here's a Gibson and just be able to scroll stuff. And uh, I found that with the, with the ax effects, I was able to find sounds that I liked very quickly. And then plus all the, you know, the, the incredible amount of effects and, uh, you know, it's so deep. You can change mics. You can change the, the bias on the tubes. And it's just, there's so much you can do with it. Um, and I was a, a very quick convert to it. And, and I like it very much. I like to use them both. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm always just kind of fucking around and trying different things. Just, I guess having that versatility under your fingers there to be able to just go in any direction is the key, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just cool. You know, it's like a, it's like having a bunch of different synthesizers. That's, that's almost my approach to guitar. You know, I'm just looking for different things depending on the style of music I'm writing. And there's there's a whole new generation that don't even use amps, and they're just using, say, the Axe effects or whatever else, and they've never even plugged in into a, a real guitar amp, and they're just using that, and they're killing it. I mean, yeah. So it's a, it goes back to playing the sound, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I'm pretty flexible in that way. Yeah. And I can pretty much find a, a sound that I like on just about everything. You know, if it's it, now, if it's real crucial, my own record and it's like, I'm doing, you know, so extended solos or whatever, I'm going to be a little bit more, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to go, I'm going to go back to my Marshall or my comment or something like that. Yeah. You know, we I, heard it. We heard somebody say almost exact same thing. We have a friend, um, his name is Dan Zimmerman, and um, he did an album and basically just used the Kemper for the whole record. Okay. And, but there's this guy, a really good guy that writes uh, basement profiles for it. Okay. And so he used the basement profiles and he used his own pedals and he, you know, made this record and it sounds really good. Yeah. And I would have never thought he used the Kemper for the whole thing. and It sounds great. And, but he said, that being said, he said, the next time I do a record, I'm going to go back to amps because he says he tried some amp that he really likes or pedal that he really likes in a cabinet that he really likes or whatever. And he says, I'm going back to that because I like it better, but it certainly doesn't mean the Kemper sounds bad. It sounds fucking great. You know? That's and I, that, wow. That, I think that's a good assessment. Yeah. Yeah. 
It sounds I mean, great. I mean, I would have never known it's not a real ant. No way. Yeah. Is once I find a sound, like I was saying earlier, I kind of stick with it. But I, you know, if I, I suppose I could have taken a break and oh wait, let me go compare it. I'm just not for comparing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't want to waste time. I, I just want to get the music down. I want. I just want to let. I'm not like a, a, a geeky tech person. I don't. I don't really. I, I I use it to the degree that I need it for to, to get the right. music down. Well, but I, as to a, me, it's not as fun. Like I want to check out all my different amps. I'm gonna switch out mics and switch out speakers. I just that's tedious for me. I'm I don't I don't really fond well, of that. As a I, composer, you 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 want to be quick and you want to get the idea, the music down, right? You don't. The, all these things are just tools to get to the yeah the end result. And oftentimes you're just they're lateral moves, you know. That they're not making it makes it different, but not necessarily better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for most, for a lot of the stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And the I guess the clients at the other end do not give a rat's ass. Not at all. They I never hear Facebook calling you Lyle. I didn't hear the the Marshall on this. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> like, come yeah, on, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the Zimmer, what's his name? Zuckerberg's Zuckerberg. going to call me. He's calling Lyle. Lyle. I didn't hear that fucking Fender. I don't know what that was you're using. Dude, but it are you using the X effects again? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for that. Yeah, he has, he has not busted me yet. Man, that's fantastic. How long are these tracks that you have to do for Facebook? How long do they have to be? I have yet to be Zucker punched. <laughs> oh, yes. Damn. <laughs> Fun of the week. <laughs> what What's the length of these tracks, Lyle? A minute? Uh, oh, the, no, three anywhere from three and a half to five minute songs. Wow! Oh, wow. So yeah, they're full. It's full on songs. Man, you're a fucking jukebox. That's amazing. Yeah, I've done something like a hundred and over a hundred and fifty songs. Wow! Congrats, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. So. I've, one You're thing I can because I've been working three months and don't have two, three measures. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure most of what I wrote would pass muster. <laughs> oh man, boy, I'm so prolific. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what is it? Su- you did super bad. Uh, was it forty year old virgin? Uh, what else? What else is under the belt? You did a lot, a lot with that. Produ- what's the producer? Um, his name is Jed Apatow. Yeah, that guy, Jed. Yeah, um, just uh, several movies. Yep. Got a couple TV shows. Man, kick ass, man. Yeah. Kick ass. You know, it's 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 you know, a lot of my of a life has been in service of other people. <laughs> it sounds funny to say it that way, but you know, I, I other than being in a band when I was in my, you know, mid twenties, pretty much after that band disbanded, I was a sideman. You know, I was playing it with, with different people, you know. Sting or Todd Rundgren or Beck or, you know, and, uh, or being a session player. So I've, I've, that, that sort of became my world. And every now and again, I'll do my own record, you know, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm in service of other people's vision. You know what? You're like my friend, Peter Hastings. He's a bass player and he has a card and it says Peter Hastings bass and his phone number. And then it says serving art and industry. so you're like him my favorite uh card a friend of mine had he's a producer and uh his name is scott matthews (laughs) it was scott matthews and it's a producer and then it says in quotes 
I can polish any turd. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure he's done that a lot too. You know what you end up with? A shiny piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny guy. Wow, that's awesome. Well, well, you know, with all of us guitar wank fans and listeners, all three of us, we're all going to get behind your album and we're going to promote the hell out of it. We're super excited about it because I've, I've heard some tracks and they're fucking amazing. And oh, congrats, thanks. Congrats, man. And congrats to you for doing it. And awesome. Just such a talent and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, Josh. We've had we've had like multiple guests tonight. Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, you yeah, called yeah. him, you like called him Josh. Random. You just called yeah. him Josh. Did I? Sorry. This is Lyle. Do you know Lyle Workman? We just had Josh on. So I, I it's to just, it's just another four-letter word. All white people look alike. I know what you're saying. That's <laughs> another four-letter word. So we had Josh. We had Kinsey. We had you. And great. Uh, well, that's 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 great. I'm gonna call up Joe Biden right now and talk to him for a minute. <laughs> give, him, give him a piece of your mind, man. Yeah, I will, <laughs> man. You tell, him, you tell him how you feel. Goddamn right. It's fucking, he's boring. I can tell you that. <laughs> fucking boring. Yeah, man. I Nothing fucked up has happened in like over a week. I'm dude, so bored. I'm back to watching soaps. I'm back to Young no, and the Restless. Sleepy, sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. God, the guy's, uh, he's president. And like six days later, there's like 400,000 people dead or something. <laughs> What's going on with him? Really? <laughs> you know, I don't get it. Yeah, he did that. I, I hope your, your your listeners know that we're just fucking with them. Right? Well, you yeah, know, they if they do. don't, it's okay because they'll they forget about it tomorrow, and there'll be something else will piss them off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, a while. I, I will have to say, I, I am just very honored to be included in. I mean, I I I see you, Scott, and hear your music, and Bruce. I mean, I. I don't even know why I'm on the show, man. That's that's I, I feel like a a, a fetus <laughs> in the world of guitar playing compared to these guys oh and, and Josh too um, and Scott. Oh, so you're, you're I don't, I don't know what I did to be. Here. That's you're just on the show because you're so goddamn good looking. That's it. <laughs> that helps, and also you know you're you're a Bay Area boy like me. We got to stick together, but also you're you're a seriously badass, inspiring musician, and I'm on edge, man. That's the fucking I, I wasn't fishing for compliments, but but, but you got um, one anyway. I, I I feel really honored to be uh, to be talking with you guys. And well, man, we appreciate you coming on the show, and and we are here to support you. So when your record's done, man, you know I can't wait to hear it. I know I'm going to be blown away by it. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's available for pre order right now. And uh, it's officially out on the on February nineteenth. But I'll where, where do people go to pre-order this album? Oh, thank you. Blue Canoe Records. Blue Canoe. Blue Canoe Records. Yeah, Blue Canoe. Blue, Blue Canoe, Canoe Records dot com, and then just you know, just search my name. We'll, we'll I think Scott Blue too. Canoe once, but it didn't help. Didn't work. You know. What's that, Bruce? Scott blew a canoe once. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> This is how rumors get started. Yeah, well. He can try again. I'll yeah. try again. That's the main thing. I've heard now that you've been vaccinated, Scott. <laughs> awesome. uh, Lyle, always a pleasure, sir. You're, you're, you're such a big cunt, and uh, it's awesome. 
Well, I think you're right on all those those marks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. All right, right, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Good night. See ya. Jesus, Troy, where are you getting all these mean guests from? I know, such assholes. Continue. Everybody's like, so mean to us. What a great Man. way to start the year with a bunch of assholes. Right. <laughs> there you They're go. So incredibly mean. Jesus. <laughs> All good people, man. All good people doing great things. It's pretty impressive. It's inspiring. Yeah, man. Who else are you calling? Is that, that it? That's it. I Bruce said you were going to call Mike Landau. Oh, uh, man. I don't want to. You know, Mike never answers his phone. Fucking. You know what? I'm going to call him. <laughs> He's not going to answer his phone. I'll call him. You know, I'm going to. I'll text him. I'll text him and say, Mike, we're going to call you one day, dude. He did text me the other day just to see how everything's going because I haven't even heard from him since, like, I don't know, May or June. And But he's fine. He's at home. He's just hanging out like all of us, and, and uh, he has a new record coming out too. Oh, well, let's uh, get him on the talk about that. That would be fucking great. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's already out. It might be already out. Um, with his tr- with his trio or his quartet or something, what I'm not really sure. And then there's a new Karen Landau record coming out real soon too, because I got an email about it today. Oh, and Mike's wow. on it, and that really good pedal steel player that they that they play with sometimes at the Spud. Yeah, that guy is really good. Oh, Great. Man, we should player. we should get Mike on to talk, to talk about that, and then I can ask him about all these kick pedals and gear he uses oh he'll love that <laughs> he'll just, he loves to talk about that kind of stuff no, i would never do that but it'd be fun oh man well oh, this is <laughs> this was a pleasure catching up with all you guys what's um bruce what's happening in the next coming weeks same as yesterday yeah same as always <laughs> you know playing in the morning playing all day playing at night teaching you should get a gig. Uh, cooking, <laughs> hiking, you know, Living my duck, life. you know what I mean? Keep my duck happy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Scott, what about you? What are you up to for the next few weeks? Same thing, man. Just trying to, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like, it. it's very hard for me to uh, have any kind of a schedule. You know, like I, I, I might, I practice, I wake up and practice and if it's going and if I'm headed in a direction where I think it's really benefiting me, then I won't write that day. I'll just practice and, and do that. And then sometimes I get up and I practice for an hour and I go, that's enough of that. I got to get something done. (laughs) And I start trying to write something and not been too successful with that yet, but it'll happen when it happens. And then, you know, I'm catching up on a lot of cool movies too, you know, like I, I, I love films. So yeah. man, there's, I've seen so many movies that I don't think I would ever gotten to see and, uh, stuff that I missed in the theaters and now they have it on prime or they have it on HBO max. Oh and my I'm God, everything's coming. Yeah. Seen a lot of stuff change. that, uh, seeing a lot of movies that I missed. Yeah. So. I just saw promising young woman. That is amazing. Oh, is that good? I want to watch oh, that. Oh, my God. Is that a great movie? But it's depressing, of course, and it's dark, <laughs> but it's really, really well done. It's I'm a great film. That. 
check you know, out we we got the uh the number one trailer for 2020 with the batman teaser that we did so that was Ooh, a big yeah. that was I a big one for us so that was good yeah i'm so, looking forward to that movie for that, sure that should be cool yeah so and Definitely. yeah a lot of yeah. cool stuff coming out but guys awesome that was good oh, to catch up. a little quick story yeah if you got time of course I had an extremely like emotional moment oh. and it was like when I was, I don't know, this was 30 years ago when I was, or 40 years ago when I was living in Toledo, Ohio for one winter, we went up to see Gentle Giant play in Detroit and they played a version of a tune on one of their records that's not really one of my favorite of their tunes, but one, one that I really like. And, and um, they did a version of it. That's nothing like the record. It's really different. It's like they, they rearranged it for the stage. And I mean, I don't know why, but I like it better. I like that version better. And I was blown away by it and I taped it and my tape recorder fucked up and didn't record it. And I thought, God damn it. I'm never going to hear that again because it's not on the record. So last week, or maybe it was a week and a half ago, whatever, I discovered a video of them playing that song in, uh, what year was it? Uh, 1975. They, they, they were playing in Germany and they were playing in Germany and uh, somebody videotaped it. And not only was videotaping unusual back then yeah. because it wasn't like everybody had an iPhone. Yep. This was professionally videotaped. So the mix is perfect. You can hear every detail of the music and they played that arrangement that I heard 40 years ago. Wow. And I was in tears, man. I was like, this is, this is like made my whole year to hear that. And not only is it amazing, just because they are amazing, you know, to hear that after I thought I'd never hear it again in my whole life, I heard it and, and you can, you can see it. It's called on reflection. That's the name of the tune. And it's gentle giant in Germany in 1975. And it's like, dude, if you haven't heard gentle giant, you haven't heard Bartok or Debussy or Ravel because they're that good. You know, they're just another one of those, I'm not sure who did the composing. I, I have a feeling it was probably mostly the keyboard player, Carrie Minier, but whoever composed, and I'm sure they had songs where they composed together, but anybody who hasn't heard Gentle Giant, man, that's like saying you haven't heard Mozart. I mean, these guys are so fucking heavy. Wow, and man. We should post that video. Yeah, it's not it's not just the it's not just one type of classical music, but they pull their influences from just about every era of classical music that you can think of. They've got pieces that sound very much like Renaissance, which is this particular piece is more it's more influenced by Renaissance music. Um, but then they go into the Baroque shit. They've got all the modern, you know, stuff like the Bartok Debussy harmonic shit. And then they've got the really dissonant stuff, like the Stravinsky stuff and the and really crazy dissonant. So it's like 
they cover just about every area, the spectrums of, of classical music from ridiculously easy consonant stuff to extremely dissonant way out shit and everything in between. And every guy in the band plays about five or six different instruments <laughs> and they all sing like birds. Wow. So, I mean, it's like a phenomenon. It's like a freaky band like Weather Report that it'll there'll just never be another band like that ever. So so where and do I, we find it? What do we look up? Well, if you probably, if you look up Gentle Giant on Reflection 1975, you will probably find that video. And it is unbelievable. It's just, it's just insane. Wow. I'm going to... So I was just so happy to hear it because I never thought I'd hear it again. And 40 years later, I heard it again. The power of music, man. That's fucking amazing. It was emotional, man, because I really loved it when I heard it live. They put a whole other section into the tune that isn't on the record. You know, so I guess maybe they just got tired of playing the same version again and again. And they just decided, to, hey, let's pep this tune up a little bit for the show, you know. But what they did to it was really great. They put this whole other thing in it that makes it even better. So um, let me let me see. Did you look? Did you look up? Um, here it is, right here. I can tell the readers, our our listeners, exactly where to find it. Yeah, please do. Um, it is. Um, it's BBC. <laughs> And oops, hang on just one second. One second. It's on YouTube. Well, that doesn't that just gives me a link, but it's best basically it says Oh, here it is. Gentle Giant Dash on Reflection. It's actually 1978 BBC. Wow. High definition. BBC. And you can, and you can see this video. And this will give you a good idea of what they can do. It won't give you a good idea of the of the vast spectrum of music that they've created over 15 albums. Because this is just one thing that they do. This is particularly like a renaissance type of piece, this music. But it'll give you an idea of what kind of things they can do because they're singing and playing all these different instruments and stuff. And you'll just go, holy shit, what the hell? <laughs> you know, but and this was back in the seventies, dude. So, I mean, I don't think there's been anybody that has done what they've done I, anywhere in the world. I mean, we're gonna check it out, and I'll post the link when we find when I find it. it but awesome, it's very cool, man. It's pretty amazing to watch them do what they do, and because when you hear them in, on their records, you go, "Okay, well, that was about forty overdubs to get that," and. When you see them doing it live, you go, oh, my God, this sounds like an orchestra, but it's only five people. How can this be happening? <laughs> when you see them live, you go, what the fuck? What I'm hearing on the record, they can actually pull this off live. It's, it's pretty fucking intense, man. It really Dude, is. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, anyway, that that's that's my story of the week. <laughs> Other than that, I got nothing. Bruce, you want to close this out? What do you got? Fuck you. No. Um, <laughs> no, everything's, you know, hey, I'm, everything's just playing and making good music and 
taking care of ourselves and being responsible and being good to everybody and like fighting our way out of this shit to the next thing we go to, you know what I mean? Play in the, or as we would say, play in the changes. Oh, I, the, the, it could never be more truer than right now. Right. Yeah. I am very interested to see what's going to happen <laughs> with this impeachment bullshit. I'm like, I'm watching. No, no, don't worry about it. You know, and we're not going to impeach you, Scott. You're still going to be the president. I've, at the I've, end. Never, I've never found the news so entertaining. It's like you can watch the news and go, holy shit, you can't make this kind of shit up. It's so out. It's almost like looking at the onion, but it's real. That's real. Yeah. The onion and that it must be out of business by now. Like, seriously. What I'm saying, like the, the whole thing about parody, you don't really know what's parody anymore. Like that chick, like this crazy nutcase. You know who I'm talking about, the Marjorie. Oh, this stupid bitch. Taylor I got to say, she is a stupid bitch. She needs bitch. to like, disappear. Like, I mean, really, like the onion could have a field day with that shit and you'd believe it. But yet she's really saying the things she's saying for real. Yeah. How can. Fucking and she's, sad, and she's actually in the government. That's sad. Isn't it weird? It's like. Nuts. It's scary just, and weird. I can't think of a time when we would have someone that that's that's that nuts and not be in a mental institution, but instead be in Congress. <laughs> I kind of feel we're heading for a lot of trouble still. But, well, yeah. You know, you know what I worry about is not so much the big groups of people, but I worry about the crazy individuals. Yeah. That's the scary part because, you know, those are the guys like Timothy McVeigh that parked park their trucks full of explosives in front of a building that's the scary part to me not not so much the big groups of people banding together like they did at the capitol but the, the lone wolf kind of people those guys are scary yeah it's um oh. it's not good yeah. man it's not good no it, it, it's a weird time for sure you know it's going to take it take some time for things to get back to normal i guess if whatever I that means i don't know if normal will come back for a long time might not but you My know what? God. At the end of the day, Guitar Wank will still be there. That's right. Yeah. And you know what? This is the very first Trumpless Guitar Wank we've ever had in a long time. I can remember back <laughs> when I was sitting in your chair and I was saying, nah, Trump will never win. No chance in hell. <laughs> and now, and now we're, we're past it and now we're in a new fucking direction just... i remember that like it was yesterday man me sitting in that chair going trump are you kidding that's never gonna happen in a million years <laughs> yeah. yeah scott good good that's me scott tradamus <laughs> oh you know keep buying and buying them fusion futures and you're doing fine you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> scott fusion futures yeah fusion futures <laughs> oh man oh man i mean Come on, boy! I was as dumb as a, you know, whatever. You and, here and we are, you man. and we, half the world, majority of the world didn't see that one. Yeah. Well, at least we made it through those four years, and nothing blew up too bad, I guess. Well, don't hold your breath. <laughs> could have been worse. I mean, we could have gotten to a nuclear, you know, experience. So, yeah, so you know, well, only four hundred thousand people died. I think we got out of this pretty good. Well, yeah, I forgot about that. That's, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, right. You know, I, I just, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on that one because there's so many other countries that are going through it really bad too. 
I, I don't know whether we can blame a hundred percent of that on Trump, you know, it's like, it's a catastrophe. But when you look at Brazil and look at India and look at some other countries, they're doing even worse than we are. So I, I don't know, man, like Brazil is just a nightmare. India is a nightmare. This, this thing is hard to beat. Well, when if if he hadn't lied, we would have had less people believing it was a hoax. That's yeah, for sure. you're right. You're right. I mean, definitely we'd be better better off with better be leaders. Better off. We yeah. all know that for if sure. He just had to be honest, but the fucker lied like everything else he did. But anyway, yeah, man, yeah. let's it's, um let's reconvene soon. And um, yeah, that was that was fun having the guests tonight chiming in it and was. catching up. By the next time we meet. I will have had my second vaccination, and I expect to have superpowers. I thought you said your second vasectomy. No, I've already had three of those. <laughs> I'll have I'll have my second vaccination, and I will have superpowers. I'll be able to see through that shirt you're wearing, <laughs> see those nipples. Awesome! I look forward to it. <laughs> Bruce, go get vaccinated if you want. Vaccinate rhythm. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know what tune I was playing on the way down to the Dodger Stadium. What? <laughs> Listen to me some soul vaccination. <laughs> Vaccinating rhythm, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, man, I love Tower Power. <laughs> I love those guys so much. Oh, my God. What a fucking band. You know, you guys just stay safe. All our listeners stay safe. Let's all get through this shit and uh, let's get back to some normal scenes. Okay, guys. So next time you call me, and I don't know whether we're going to have a guest or not or whatever, but. Oh, well, I have multiples of guests. Yeah, let's That's do multiples again. Time. Let's ring oh, random people. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, random people. Get Mike Landau, the motherfucker. I'm going yeah. to yeah. get his number and I'm going to start hassling him. Yeah, just Everybody, start everybody brings him. a friend. That's what it is. I'm gonna yeah, let's phone a friend. It, it's sort of like a like a KKK meeting. You gotta bring a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring one of my only black friends I know. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of that great scene in Blazing Saddles where where uh, Gene Hackman and Oh, what's the name? No, of the Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder and uh, and what was the name of the sheriff? What's his name? Cleavon Little. Yeah, Cleavon Little. Right, and they're wearing the Klan suits. <laughs> yeah. And they push him out there without his hood, and he's going, "Where are the white women at?" <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you're going to bring your black friend Troy, right? Gene Black, right? Gene Black. Yeah, Gene Black. Played. Uh, I love Gene. We should get Gene on. Jade play. Yeah, with we should get him on. Yeah. We All right. Well, I'll start thinking of people to call and we'll do it again next time. All right, guys. Okay, you be safe. Guys. Motherfuckers, be safe. Look after yourselves. Yep. Okay, you mother stickers. This is a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you guys. Bye. Bye.